Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bikes for Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick, and I'm your host. And on today's episode, I'm talking with Eric House. Eric joined the cycling community during the pandemic like so many others. He first competed in a triathlon, but quickly realized swimming wasn't his jam, and he really fell in love with bikes and gravel riding and ultra-endurance bike pack racing. His first bikepacking race was the 2022 East Texas Showdown, where he got ninth place. Since then, he has only ramped up his efforts. This year in particular is a big year. He started out his year at Mid-South, where he completed the 50K run, and then the next day he did the 100-mile gravel race. A week after that, he entered the 2023 East Texas Showdown and got 10th place. And then a couple weeks after that, he headed up to Arkansas to compete in the Gravel Doom race. And uh, he placed ninth place there. But for Eric, placing isn't what's important. He's there to push himself, to do his best, and to commune with some friends on the road and at the bar afterwards. So even though Eric's only been a member of the community for a couple of years, he has certainly made waves, and I don't think that this pandemic-born bike baby is going anywhere soon. Today, we talked mostly about the East Texas Showdown and Doom, but our conversation meandered uh, through lots of different topics, uh, some of which I hope are informative, others I hope are entertaining. So if you will, please pull up a camp chair and join us for my conversation with Eric House. Before we get to our chat, though, let's take a moment to thank the people that made today's episode possible, starting with our latest batch of patrons. This week, we'd like to thank Skylar Martin for signing up to be a sustaining member of the Bikes for Death podcast. And of course, if you would like to help produce these shows, you can help with as little as a dollar a month. To find out more, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. And we'd also like to thank our sponsors that made today's episode possible. I'm excited to announce a brand new sponsor of the Bikes or Death podcast. Um, I'm really excited about this one. Stan's No Tubes is now an official sponsor of the podcast. So you're going to hear me talking about them. I'm sure that almost everybody here is aware of stands. They make a wide range of products, but they're most well known for their sealant. Since they're a new sponsor, I wanted to take a moment to just share my own personal experiences with stands. I got back into cycling and specifically mountain biking back in like late 1999, early 2000. And in 2001 is when stands came on the market. And I vividly remember being absolutely blown away by this technology. I watched their YouTube video that's still online. You can go find it if you want to, uh, where they run the bike over the bike tire over nails and screws and all kinds of objects. And the tire is still able to seal. And like any new products, I think I was a little skeptical, um, but of course I tried it out and I have genuinely been a 
user of Stan Sealant since 2001. Uh, I can absolutely vouch for this product and its efficacy. Here's the truth. I've, I've given this a little bit of thought. Since then, I cannot remember a single time that I've had a trip be ruined because of a flat tire, at least on my bike. <laughs> I've been on other trips where other people have flat tires uh, and weren't so lucky. But um, with the right tools, if you have fresh stand sealant in your tires, and if needed, a plug, um, I've yet to get into a situation where I've needed to throw a tube into a bike since all the way back to 2001, I think, uh, which is a huge endorsement, I hope, for this product. Um, if you're not familiar with stands, I'll tell you just some of the technical details about it real quick. It is a liquid sealant that goes in your tire. You don't need a tube with sealant, so this is a tubeless setup. And this liquid will stay in your tire for up to seven months and it will seal punctures up to a quarter inch in diameter. And it does that automatically, typically just by continuing to ride. If you run over something, the liquid will be slushing around and it'll seal the tire automatically. However, sometimes uh, you need to stop and rotate the tire so that the hole is at the bottom. That'll bring the stand sealant all the way to the bottom so it coagulates down there and seals up. And we're gonna be talking more about stand sealant, how it works, what it is in future episodes. But for now, I just wanted to announce them as a new sponsor, uh, share my personal experience with stands and my own endorsement for this product and my excitement and appreciation for them uh, supporting the podcast. We really can't do this without partners and having partners like Stans see value in what we're doing uh, really means a lot and I'm looking forward to having their support. So if you wanna check out Stans, go to notubes.com to stock up on sealant and tubeless supplies for the season. And that way you can ride your damn bike without a damn flat. Today's episode is also brought to us by Athletic Greens. I started using them because if you've noticed, food options have become increasingly faster and less healthy. Eating healthy these days can actually be kind of challenging. It can be a little bit expensive. It can be harder to find good and healthy options. And it can be harder to get the nutrients and the veggies that your body needs. So for me, I found that Athletic Greens is a great solution to help manage a healthy diet with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I take mine every morning in about 12 ounces of cold water. And it's a great way to start the day knowing that I gave my body something really good to get the engine going. Now, to make this easy, and we want to make it easy, if you'd like to try Athletic Greens, 
they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash bikes or death. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash bikes or death to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutritional insurance. All right, ching, ching, ching. The bills have been paid, and now it is time to get to my chat with Eric House. Uh, it was great chatting with Eric. We met up in Anderson, Texas, and went for a little gravel ride. Uh, then we dined at a fine Mexican eatery uh, there in Anderson and had a couple margaritas, after which we strolled over to downtown Anderson and had a chat while we were still feeling good from our ride and margaritas. So without further ado, let's get to my chat with Eric. But first, let's have Miles Arbor kick it off with the Bikes for Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your boss, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. How's it going, Eric? Oh, matter of fact, yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the Bikes for Death podcast. Thanks. We're uh, here in Anderson, Texas, um, right by, let's see, Wiki Motor Company. Wiki Motor Co. And uh, yeah, right. we're, we're uh, for the listening audience, we're meeting up uh, half, oh, actually you did the lion's share of the driving. I did. It was an hour for me. And it was only 35 minutes for me. So. But. We picked this location uh, so we could do a little ride together beforehand. Yeah. Great ride too. How many so, mi- how many miles did we get in? Oh man, I think we did a a, a big fifteen. <sighs> yeah, yeah, sweaty fifteen. <laughs> sweaty fifteen. <laughs> Whatever. The weather is actually nice. Yeah, we need to brag on Texas weather while we can. You know, like yeah, we're only going to get about two good weeks of it. So right now we need to make sure we're being as boastful and prideful as yeah. we can. Yeah, I checked about. my mail twice today. Oh, because the weather was yeah, so good. Exactly. Yeah, I had to get away from my dad. Did you ever get any mail? No, no, I don't. I never get mail, uh, but I checked it. <laughs> it's empty. And uh, you went on a bike ride. Yeah. 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 So for anyone who's listening, the uh, gravel around Anderson is actually pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully, good most too. people know know about that in Texas, or in this part of yeah. Texas, not in all of Texas. East, East Texas here. East. Do you think we're in East Texas? We are. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think so. I think East Texas starts uh, east of 45. I think we're close. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you no. think it's Conroe? Yeah, Conroe's. I, I feel like that's Conroe's true good. because we're Houston. I mean, we're southeast Texas. So we're east of you right now, aren't we? We are east of D- Conroe. Don't ask me. I am so terrible at directions. <laughs> All right. We I, I get lost you. with a GPS. I think, I think we're east of. I, I think you might have a point. Conroe might 
Because that is right on the border of uh, Sam Houston National Forest. It is, yeah. But 45 goes through Conroe. It does, it's straight through. So I yeah. think I'm still... Okay. So the east side of Conroe is like cut and shoot and uh, I don't know, whatever else. Say that again, cut and shoot. Cut and shoot. Uh, we have a uh, uh, part of our Thursday shop ride goes through cut and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the shop ride? Uh, race ready repair over in Conroe. Um, shop ride every Thursday. I think it's starting at six nowadays um, until uh, until the time change. Do they do the same route every time? Or Same route every time, 22, 23 miles on uh, some beautiful chipsill roads, a couple of train tracks, a couple of surgy sections. Sur- what? Surgy? You know, like uh, it's a road ride. So like, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I know, I know you're not a, a roadie. Uh, so the, the surging is like, like a segment, you know, you get a segment and people start charging down it. Oh, yeah. oh, to get the KOMs to get or the whatever. KOMs or the whatever roadies do. Yeah. How many yeah. KOMs do you have? Me personally? Yeah. Um, I think I have three, but they are all bipedal, uh, and not, not on bike from running. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm picturing like bikes are bipedal in that you're only using your two legs. True. Yeah. To... Okay. Yeah. All right. That vibes. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't know directions, and I don't know big words. So this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be good. This is gonna be great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Only only uh, running KOMs, I think. Huh. So Eric, uh, recently um, I recorded a episode at Cycle East, the Bikes for Death Live. Um, we had a nice panel discussion there, and at some point in there, Stephanie was talking about how she dropped you. <sighs> yeah, and uh, I felt like I felt like to get called out in a group setting like that on a podcast that is loved <laughs> around the world. Um, I thought that warranted your own your own podcast. Like you now get an opportunity to. Okay, because my name was spoken like twice in that podcast. Yeah, yeah. In front of a, a group of 20? I, I'm going to say 30. I'm, there, I'm, yeah, I'm I, I thought I saw 50 in the photo, <laughs> but photos tend to look a little larger. Um, yeah, I did get called out there. Um, I was like, poor Eric. We, You know, you need to get your own podcast, thank your you. own episode yeah. now. Like, and, You and, need to be able to like stick up for yourself because you weren't there. I felt bad about it. Yeah. So I, I feel like we just need to you know, give you a chance to clear the air, let people know what a strong rider you are. Thank you. No. Yeah. We all deserve that. Right. Um, did I get dropped on the death loop? Yeah. Yeah. I totally got dropped. Uh, (laughs) would I have got gotten dropped during the majority of the ride? Um, had Hannah not dialed back to ride as a group? Absolutely. Totally. Hannah's so nice like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. maybe just want a company no so. yeah yeah she could have dropped me stephanie too yeah well we're gonna give you a chance to uh clear your name thank you i i did have some redemption i feel like um in another 400 mile race three 390 or you know whatever the doom the doom yeah so today i think that's the main thing that uh want to talk about is is the east Sex, east east texas i know how to say it it's my yeah race. it's your race the east texas showdown <laughs> it's on your shirt i know oh, oh hey wait. look at that yeah, i even showdown. have the shirt um and, and doom you know which is kind of cool like 
it's actually really neat how East Texas Showdown has, has found a nice little groove in the bikepacking world between, you know, there's Mid-South and then East Texas Showdown and then and then Doom is shortly thereafter that. Uh, but before we get into kind of talking about those two events, um, just by way of getting to know you a little bit, oh, yeah. what, uh, what has been like your personal introduction into cycling? Because I know you to be a, a pretty strong rider rider. Typically you get ninth in everything that you do, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, which is Appreciate solid that recognition. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, I mean, what was your introduction into, into yeah. cycling? Um, so I know as we spoke earlier, um, I, in 2020 broke my collarbone snowboarding nothing related to bikes. I always rode bikes casually here and there. Uh, nothing like a kit. I didn't wear Lycra, uh, <laughs> before that. Um, after breaking the collarbone, uh, signed up for an Ironman, uh, a half one. And, uh, Hey, <laughs> um, had a couple of months to train for that. Had to learn how to swim and run and ride a bike. And, uh, kind of took off from there bought a bike from race ready um gary hooked me up with uh my all city cosmic stallion gary rogers gary rogers ready repair and mandy rogers and mandy yeah Yeah. Yeah, definitely great people yeah hooked me up with a steel gravel bike uh about 26 pounds dry to ride in an iron man um perfect choice (laughs) Sorry. Absolutely. Perfect choice. <laughs> I'm not sure how sincere that yeah. is. Uh, no, I can see that being the perfect choice for like what you do now, the ride we did today, yes. but not necessarily for an Ironman. So the, to, to be fair, he, he threw on a 50 tooth chain ring in the front one by, um, so that I would have that tri power, uh-huh. um, in the stretches. Uh, was I the only guy on a steel gravel bike in that event? hundred percent. Uh, on the way back in 30 mile headwinds, was I the only guy going six miles an hour? Absolutely. Did I finish? Yeah, did. In ninth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably like 999th uh, for that one, but yeah. Which try was that? That was um, Galveston. Okay. Yeah. So that's probably a pretty big one if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, quite a few people there. And it was a like a legitimate Ironman. Yeah. So those always have a ton of people. I'm curious, though, like, you know, Gary and Mandy, they run a, a reputable shop. If someone comes in and says, hey, I'm trying to do a try, I don't think the All City's the first bike you go to. Was that recommendation based on? So, good point, and thanks for clarifying that. Um, I did say that I wanted something to have post Iron Man mm-hmm. to have fun, play on, and that is the ultimate play bike. Yeah. I mean, I brought it out today because... I knew we weren't going to do long miles. We we're just going to kind of play around. Um, and uh, I think you got a video of me skidding out. Oh, yeah. That's the uh, that's the fun of that bike. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah. I skid on all my bikes. Do you only skid on certain bikes? No. Actually, no. <laughs> I skid on – I have five bikes, and I skid on all five of them. <laughs> Good. Yep. A funny uh, yeah. related story. When I was at uh, this Bikepacking Basics trip that we just did – I, um, I did a really aggressive skid. Like I went all out. I, it was like a full 180. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was epic. Um, gravel flying everywhere. I'm telling you like people lost teeth. Yeah. One person lost an <laughs> oh, eye. Uh, but I, you know, passing I, up patches. Yeah, I'm like, did you get the picture? Did you get the picture? That's it. That's all that matters. 
And uh, anyway, after that, my bike handled terribly. And it looks like as a result of that skid, I kind of like started the delamination process on my uh, back tire. Oh. So I don't know if you noticed when you're riding behind me at all that my back tire is like wobbly. Did not notice. Yeah. Huh. So everybody talks about, oh, I shouldn't say this. I'll say it and I can edit it out if I want to. Yeah. Uh, those Renee Hurst Oracle Ridge, yeah. like how they're not very durable. Maybe they're not that durable. I've heard that. Yeah. And uh, I've heard that too. Mm -hmm. But they roll great and they're super fast when they roll, right? Yeah. And they work, they work. Yes. Yeah. But I do, I have to say like for my own personal riding style, I want to be able to skid on my tires. Like Mm -hmm. that's a, that's an important part of tires for me. And uh, yeah, it's funny because on the way here, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I was in the bike shop yesterday. I know I need to replace my tires obviously they got a match what do i want to go with do they yeah for me really yes and you're tan wall right yeah okay and you don't have to be tan wall though okay Okay. but they do have to be the same tire unless there's a reason for them to be different you know and typically that would be like in a more mountain bike setting for me i mean there's application for gravel as well like doing a a faster rolling in the rear and a more gnarly in the front. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would do it if there was a reason, but if I'm just gonna like put a set of tires on my bike, I do like them to, okay. to match. Yeah, you like the, the socks to match. That's good. Yeah, no, you, you you don't care? Uh, well, all my bikes do match, except for my mountain bike. Um, not necessarily by choice, by influence. Uh, if, if I could, I'd probably mix and match tan and uh, black, different color, different... Uh, tire style what's stopping you uh you know i guess nothing right now yeah except i already have them on my bike okay yeah maybe that's why i skid so much so i can wear out the back (laughs) one and and get something cooler but it's kind of how it is right unless you intentionally like you're either gonna buy like the same tire you have to be intentional about making them different yeah and i have a spare of of i i only run washburns pretty much yeah on all my bikes um and I do have a spare set of washburns. So yeah, that, that'll be some time before that changes out. Yeah, that, so that's the thought I had on the way here. Is I, I think I've decided, I don't even know what the washburns look like. I have no clue. I mean, I know, actually I know from talking to you that they're like fast rolling on the center with little knobs on the side. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I've never like looked them up, but I've had so many people talk about like Hannah Simon runs them, you run them. And then on uh, Bikepacking Basics this past weekend, um, M that works at Cycle East says that's the only, she says that's oh, the yeah? only tire that she runs. So Terravel's the company Yeah. to me. Uh, I tried Victoria. Um, yeah. I had some 650Bs that were recommended. Like a gravel tire? Yeah. Absolutely hated them. They, they were cool because they kind of ballooned out. So they looked really plump um, and they were pretty cushiony. But uh, the you're not sponsored by uh, Victoria, right? No. Okay, great. Yeah, they leaked a lot. Yeah. Like out of the sidewall and stuff. Yeah. Everybody, everybody likes those mezcals and I do not like mezcals at all. I I have some friends that swear by the mezcal. Yeah. Like that is their go-to bikepacking specific. Yep. Um, and these are hardcore bike packers. I'm gonna shout out to Greg and Shannon here. Um, they, uh, they love the mezcals. Yeah. A lot of people do. I find that the Mezcal is the most polarizing tire in the bikepacking oh, really? scene. Yeah. Huh. You either love them or, or hate them. So that's how I, you make enemies. That's good. Yeah. All right. You make an aggressive tread uh, tire like that, that 
in my experience, I just, it's a weird, it's like an aggressive tread tire that doesn't hook up as well as it should. But huh. anyway, this yeah. isn't a bash mezcal no. uh, <laughs> episode, but I brought, it's something I've talked about on the podcast before. It's not a huge secret, I think. All right. So you do your first, that was your first triathlon. That was my first hat and I'll call it a half triathlon. Cause it was a seven point seventy point three. Seventy and a 70.3. 70.3. It was, uh, you do like a mile swim. Shit. I don't even remember a 50 mile bike ride and like a 13 mile run or something like that. Yeah. Adds up to 70.3. So what, what happened after that? Like, triathlons suck you're like this is stupid no, why I've, am i swimming and running when i could just be riding my bike you know just like after every event um especially like a really enduring event like that uh I, my experience and i feel like some other people too is you think all right that really sucked like i'm never going to do that again and then like a week goes by and you're like you know that was kind of fun and then like two weeks goes by and you're like yeah i could do that again um so i ended up signing up for another one uh like eight months later uh the waco uh iron man another half um didn't put as much training or as much uh time into it but i had some legs for cycling and that one sucked <laughs> that one really sucked <laughs> uh ended up spewing a bunch of bananas at the very end all over the sweet lady who was trying to put a uh, oh. uh a medallion over my neck <laughs> like, get out of the way oh no yeah i i must have had at least three hands of bananas in that race oh wow okay yeah so uh how did gravel events in between there yeah yeah Yeah. well so what why did you transition out of triathlons into bikes because i i I am assuming you don't do triathlons anymore i don't no but i do run still yeah um it's the swimming part that i just can't stand yeah um so to to swim a mile 1.2 miles takes me about an hour um whereas i've got i've got a few friends that are in triathlon like my try guy steve he can swim an hour or a uh a mile and a half in about 30 minutes half my time oh. so not fun for me i'd much rather just ride my bike so you got into cycling right during the pi- pandemic essentially yeah i'm a i'm a pandemic cycling baby yeah. <laughs> whenever <laughs> it's trendy <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm part of the trend so like do you think you're gonna stick with it or do you think you're gonna like give it up you like know, the rest think, of the I, people that picked it up during the pandemic yeah i've been watching everybody kind of drop off and i feel like that's uh that's my path in life <laughs> uh you know buy as many bikes as you can in two and a half years and then just dip out see ya yeah. I'm going to go back to uh, to Netflix and, um, uh, you know, Microwave DiGiorno. pizzas. Yeah. yeah DiGiorno. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. You went, I went general, you went brand name. Yeah, right. That This is a man who eats DiGiorno. Right. You can oh, tell. Yeah. <laughs> so give me the, give me the cliff notes of how you transition. So like um, the East Texas Showdown last year, 2022, I believe was your first. Yep long endurance kind of thing yeah i don't know what you did before that so what uh, what was the you yeah, know cliff so notes of the progression to get you from be i don't know if you know this but uh triathlon and bike pack racing is kind of different are they yeah a little different i mean you carry a bunch of snacks you eat a lot uh you sweat 
and you kind of break your mind and body. And this year you did have to swim through a river, so. I, I, well, kind of. Yeah. Uh, in, in your la- last podcast, we know that the uh, the people that were kind of in the front got very little water. Yeah. I was I was kind of up there. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, it was super nice. Humble brag. I know. <laughs> <laughs> only because, and I was not drafting, only because uh. I, was, I was hanging out with some fast people. Uh, Motivating. Exactly. Not drafting. Yeah. Definitely not drafting. No. Uh, the water was was uh, what came up to my crank arm. That's about it. All right. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. Yeah, right? nothing like uh, Todd and uh, <laughs> concrete trails. Oh, Todd, yeah. 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 Oh, that was so funny. Todd to Nisbet. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate that. For the laugh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. The entertainment. It, yeah. It's his laugh and also like his personality and oh, how, yeah. how well he responded to that situation oh. in all situations. Uh, we were also worried on Sunday. I texted or messaged him on Instagram. I was like, hey, you all right, buddy? Because <laughs> you saw it? No, because I, I didn't see him. I expected to see him there on Sunday. And oh. he wasn't there. I was waiting for who's the most fashionable to come out. Yeah. And. That didn't happen. Yeah, he didn't get in till I think like midnight or something that oh, night really? or, or even later. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I woke up. I woke up in my car in the parking lot on Monday morning, and he was one of the only people. Like he had come in during the night. And, yeah, and he and he was there. There was a couple other people there, but man, it was like a ghost town. He was one of them. I got I got a chance to chat good. with him. He had a good time. Okay. Yeah. Good. He, I, he I was in a- good spirits, but it would have been. Yeah, it would have been better if he he made it. Yeah, for the yeah. party. I, I hung out with him on Friday. He was at the at race ready, getting his bike serviced, and uh, he was super stoked. He had his crust already. Two different tires, mind you. Oh, yeah, really? Super style, right there. Leave yeah. it to concrete trails to break the mold. That's right, I, dude. I'm vanilla, man. I just I'm That's just right. I'm I'm basic. Yeah, we need you to even out the tire like distribution. I'm just trying to stay neutral. Everybody's got all these opinions and heart and these feelings that I'm just like, I have no feelings and no opinions. And you yet. don't wear a handkerchief. I don't wear a handkerchief. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Do you? Okay. Have. Yeah, I have. All right. But, um, it's one of those things like I have worn one and I see the functionality of it. And there's times that I wish I had one, but I always forget to like put one on. I don't know. It's just like a yeah. piece of gear that I always just forget. Oh man. I keep like three in my bag. In your bike bag? Yeah. I've got one of those uh, Pedal Industries bags that fits everything. Yeah. Um, like, we can look at it after this. I've got, like... Can I touch it? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, i got a shit ton of snacks in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about snacks. Uh, so, anyway, that you had snacks all over. <laughs> yeah, I brought, I brought, what, like... We went on a 15-mile ride, and you had, like, 5,000 calories. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did. Rice Krispies, <laughs> uh, some gummies, uh, the... The ones for children, that is. Uh, <laughs> I had some uh, sour worms. Texas-approved gummies. Texas-approved gummies. Sour worms, which are always a go-to for me. Just so nice to have. Yeah. All right. So you never answered my question. Oh, yeah. But that's not your fault. That's okay. Let's both accept responsibility. Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> how do we? How did you transition between uh, triathlon and East Texas Showdown? All right. Um how did I do that? Weekends at um, Four Notch Hunters Camp in Huntsville, Texas, uh, which if for those who aren't familiar, Four Notch is part of the um, the death loop. Yeah. 
So the uh, the sandy bits, the um, golden gravel area. If uh, if you've ever done that, that was that's like my home turf. Um, I've never much. even heard of golden gravel, but that's okay. Yeah, the golden gravel. You know when you're coming in from uh, uh, from Cold Springs. Well, I guess this is last year's route. Okay. This year's was backwards. Yeah, uh, it's like that reddish gold gravel. Uh, I think it's in the it's either Big Thicket or Big Woods or something like that. Yeah, by Big Woods Hunter Camp. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite sections in Sam Houston. Oh, it's great. I just never. So that's what the nomenclature is. Yes. Uh, yeah. Is 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 golden gravel? It's that golden gravel. Yeah. It is pretty because, and then it's like uh, canopy by the green trees, yes. and so it's just a really and it's curvy and yeah. it's just really pretty. Gravel's nice and like small pebbles, and yeah. it, it locks up really well. It gets traction. Um, which is so nice. Yeah. And that area is great for me. As you, as you can tell today, I wore long sleeves like I normally do. Um, when there's no tree coverage, cause I burn mm. like nothing else. So that area is really nice. Always tree coverage, minimal sunburns. So you started just like going to ride out there? Yeah. Started riding out there with, how did um, you find out about, Oh, with a group? Yeah. With, with race ready mostly. And, uh, some other small groups. Um, my buddy, Brian, who you saw at, uh, East Texas. Um, Brian. Yeah, Brian. He brought donuts um, race morning. Uh, he brought like two boxes of donuts. I didn't see who that was. I ate one of those donuts. Did you? Donuts, so thank you, Brian. Yeah. What's his last name? Gibson. Brian Gibson. Dang. Yeah. He, uh, I thought I'd recognize him. But. At first, he was riding a, a GT uh, on gravel, like an old school GT. And then he got a, I think, Brian, what do you have, a Warbird? I think he's got a warbird. <laughs> Did you just ask him on a <laughs> podcast? <laughs> he just texted me. I can feel it. <laughs> it's like, don't he's mention gonna me. He's going to listen to this podcast a week later and be like, yeah, it's a warbird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Cantu wheels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we ended up riding a bunch together and uh, did a couple of events. Uh, Race Ready puts on three events a year. Um, one of them's out there. A uh, couple of others on the other side of 45. Um, did El Camino um, I think that one year I don't know a couple of other gravel races here and there in Texas which one did you do which El Camino which length the the long one but I ended up flattened at uh, like mile 15 and I waited around for about an hour until uh, this beautiful human called Jorge came up and fixed my flat for me I think I finished like maybe 50, 55 miles, something like that. Was that a member of like the support team or just like a random no, local? No. Yeah, no, Jorge was just out there for the ride. Yeah. Um, and we actually, we've ridden a number of times after that. Um, great human being. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was a cyclist. Oh yeah. He was just out there riding. He just was out and there. I, I, I brought two tubes with me and pinched them both. Trying to oh, put my because wow. I you know new cyclist how do you change a tire I don't know nobody teaches you that yeah no one yeah. knows exactly yeah well you just run tubeless and it's never a problem well yeah that's true I I wasn't running tubeless at that time that's your problem yeah uh, semi related you don't know why but what uh, what sealant do you run uh, <laughs> I run muck off uh, with a little bit of stands what yeah 
Okay. I just became sponsored by Stans. Oh, great. So obviously I feel like in the muck off Stans combination you have brewing, like Stans is probably carrying the lion's share. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Of the yeah. weight. And muck off is there for branding it, purposes? It's, it's support, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, um, emotional support. Yeah. Emotional support for Stans. <laughs> you know, it gets pretty, uh, uh, tumultuous in the, in the wheels there. So yes. Stan needs a little bit of assistance. Yeah. Um, why do you do that though? That that's an interesting combination. I've certainly never heard of. You know, I I heard it from somebody at one point. And I don't remember who or why, um, but I feel like running two different types of sealant, you get uh, different thicknesses or viscosities of like the uh, the silica that are in them. So I don't know. I feel like they kind of help each other. And Just not because like you a, say big words doesn't make it true. No, definitely not. <laughs> <That's so laughs> but you know what? Uh, I don't get a lot. So of you're f- basically just like uh, doubling down. Is yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, oh, a little bit of this, a little yeah. bit of that. Throw some orange. I'm gonna seal put some in orange there. in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some glitter. Some, I don't know uh, if, if you've ever done I've that. Heard, yeah. yeah, the glitter. Yeah, that's the move. Uh, yeah, what could we call that? That's a, a tire sealant cocktail. Yeah, I like to think of it as um, it's sort of like a like a wine blend, right? Ah. So it's a, um, a cuvee, if you will. It gets it gets like better as time goes exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A little bit of merlot, some cab in there. You never clean out your tires. You just keep adding to it. Yeah, isn't yeah. that the that's what everybody <laughs> does, right? <laughs> okay. All right. So you did some gravel rides. Yeah, I did some gravel rides. Um, that got me into the motion. Um, really love gravel. Um, the, the lack of cars and how gritty and dirty everything is, uh, really appealed to me that, and, uh, the distance was always kind of, kind of fun. What kind of sports did you do before cycling? Cause I can't imagine that you just growing up. What, what do you think I, I did? Oh, up? skateboarding. Really? Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, you said snowboarding. Yeah. So uh-huh. that's, you know, that's in the line of skateboarding. Yeah. Um, I could see you as a soccer player. Okay. Um, or a runner. I could see you doing oh, running, right. long distance running in yeah. particular. Mm, maybe lacrosse, but not in this area. Well, I, tennis. I could see you playing a tennis, tennis player. Tennis, really? Yeah. Some tiny shoes, huh? Some tiny shoes. All yeah. right. All right. Those are my guesses. Yeah. Totally <laughs> wrong. Uh, <laughs> you asked. <laughs> no, that, that was great. I love that. I love every bit of it. Um, I, I played soccer a little bit in like elementary, um, middle school through high school, uh, up until about uh, sophomore year. I played football. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Wide receiver running back in in high school yes wide receiver before that i was a defensive tackle yeah you were i was a chunky Look at kid you. yeah were, were you, were you oh, really? really yeah oh interesting i had some meat on my bones for sure was did puberty solve that or did you make lifestyle cho- no, choices? no yeah or? i had no lifestyle changes uh puberty i think took care of yeah, that yeah yeah um so shot me up a little, a little bit little and, chunky and yeah yeah <laughs> I loved being Are a defense. Are you sensitive about being called chunky? Uh, you could see it in my face, right? Yeah. I kind of dropped a little bit. You were uh, picked on as a child. I, a little bit, yeah. Were you really? I, well, I wore my T-shirt in the pool, if that gives you any indication. Really? That's yeah. shocking. For anyone listening, and we do have listeners, uh, Are there? I don't think there's okay. a live audience. No. I mean, you're uh, very fit and oh, uh, trim and all those. I mean, that's why I'm saying soccer player, yeah. tennis, long-distance runner. Like You look like an endurance athlete yeah like you're actually what are you like five nine five ten yeah somewhere in there yeah 
Like you are probably perfectly built for an endurance cyclist, right? Maybe, yeah. Well, but I liked uh, Hostesses and uh, Sunkissed back then. Uh, that thickened me up. <laughs> and puberty. And puberty, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, as soon as I, I got thin and everybody else around me grew to six feet tall, uh, that's when coaches were like, yeah, you should be like wide receiver. And then uh, I discovered other things in high school um, that turned me away from football and organized sports generally. I was um, well on my way to becoming a good little tennis player at the age of 14. I could see that in your legs oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, dude, I was, I was good. Yeah. My, my coach, um, who is now my coach, I just found this out cause my daughter plays tennis, but my, my coach when I was 14 is currently the women's head tennis coach for Texas A&M tennis. Damn. And he, he's taught like professionals and stuff. When I was 14, he wanted me to, um, transition to like a tennis academy where they did schooling and tennis and everything full time with the thought of maybe like going and playing professional tennis. And I was like, you know what? That sounds good, but drugs and women sound better, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. If, if only they could get that out of our like teenage minds, yeah. we, we would probably be something. We're yeah. something. I mean, but we could have got there faster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to get where I am faster than I, I did, but but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you played football, uh huh, and that was like your sport. That was my sport. Yeah. So my mom had a rule for us for the. She had three boys, right? Um, you had to play a sport in school. It was like, yeah, stay fit. I don't know. Have something team oriented. Whatever. Yeah. Um, my older brother did hockey. My younger brother did um, wrestling, which come to find out i feel like i probably would have been better in a non-team related sport yes like tennis or like or tennis running. or cycling or cycling yeah i've heard i've heard of these bikes yeah right <laughs> they happen yeah i yeah that's yeah, anyway that, that's a whole nother tangent i will just say that through my life i've gravitated towards um solo sports solo efforts it's okay. Like for me, it's been fine to be part of a tennis team and, mm -hmm. you know, the team wins or whatever, but I have always wanted to succeed and fail based on my own efforts, based yes. on, you know, my own overcoming of anxieties and fears and like, and really like a, you know, like if you lose, then I, I need work to do. It's like, yeah. this is where I, I need to improve. 100% onus on you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you win then you, you won, you know, and I've, I've really liked that. I can, I understand the team dynamic. I understand the value that comes from lear, uh, learning to work with people and being on a team and, you know, being part of something, obviously that's valuable too, but just for my own personal life, to, like these solo sports have just been what I yeah. really enjoy doing. I'm with you there. Yeah. And it is nice. So like being an ambassador for race ready, like we've got a team, uh, like I've got a, a group of buddies that we are on doing the mountain bike thing this season. Um, and we go to the events and, you know, we're all racing in our own categories. Um, so whether I win, lose, or, you know, wreck my bike, that's on me has nothing to do with them, right. yeah. but I still get their support and like, dude, Eric, you just, you know, you came in ninth way yeah. to go. Well, it's the same thing. It's kind of like the East Texas showdown. Like a big component of that is, um, for me, when I created it was having a, a, you know, 
quote unquote party, but more importantly, an opportunity for the community to come and just shoot the shit, talk about their experience, get some attaboys, get some mm-hmm. high fives. And it's the same thing if you go to a, a race with a team. Yeah. You know, you just it's that moral support. It's doing something with people that understand what you're doing, that can understand the significance of it. Because I can guarantee you whenever you go back to work on Monday and you're talking in your finance world with your finance friends <laughs> about how you yeah. did Gravel Doom and, you know, two weeks before that you did East Texas Showdown, they're just like why would anybody want to do that? Or that's, wow, that's crazy, Eric. Or, that's it. You know, yeah. and they can't really get, they can't really understand. And I do think that there's a lot of value in being able to um, share experiences with people that can understand the experience that you're sharing and, and what's actually happening, you know? Yeah. That's so valuable. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, so yeah, solo stuff, but with like a community that can like understand and yeah. relate and to kind what of you're validate doing. you in, in certain yes, regards and give your ego the validation. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely something there. I mean, for, for being honest, for East Texas, like for somebody to finish uh, the lowdown, you know, 100 and how many miles? 70. 170 miles. Like that is a feat for majority of people out there. Yeah. For somebody to finish that, like. Hell yeah, you get some kudos. What what percentage, like just take a guess. All right, so let's say America, cause that's all we know. What percentage of Americans do you think tomorrow could get on their bike and ride 170 miles? So I was talking to somebody about, uh, hey, actually I was talking to my friend Super Dave about this. Um, Super Dave? Super Dave, he's a great human being, yeah. Is he local? Uh, he, yeah, he's in Conroe. Okay, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> No, um, the, the percentage of people that have, uh, he's a triathlete, the percentage of people who have ever run a marathon in the entire world out of the entire world history is like less than 1%. Whoa. Yeah. Think about people who have run 26 miles in one sitting. I guess that's not that shocking, but yeah. Right. 1%. Yeah. And think about the, the number of people who have ridden their bike over 170 miles. It's probably the same or maybe less or maybe less I bet less. Yeah. Because marathons are more popularized in culture, right? Yeah. Like there's more of a running culture. There's more marathons. It's just, you know, bikepacking in this, you know, longer distance cycling again. Okay. I mean, I know long distance cycling has been around for you know, yeah. 200 years, but it has been making a resurgence, especially in America where we don't have the same infrastructure they have over in the UK where bikes are life. Right. So like, yeah, um, but I forgot my tangent that I was on the, 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 the percentage. <laughs> oh the, yeah. The percentages. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, the less opportunities, le- the, less, less awareness, less cultural, you know, for lack of a better word, acceptance yeah. or understanding or support or any of these things that like would, would provide a good avenue for people to do 170 miles. It's gotta be less than 1%. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you bump that up to uh, 280 or you bump that up to 400. And that's just, you know, significantly less. So for anybody who who even attempted uh, East Texas Showdown, like kudos, props, like that's more than majority of anybody living or who has ever lived has done. Like that's that's pretty badass. I um, I'm sure you well, you might or might not remember, but at the showdown. 
I didn't say it this year, but last year I said something along the lines of congratulations for just being here, for being brave enough mm-hmm. uh, and committed enough to even try something this big. You didn't say that this year? I don't know if I said it this year. I kind of black out sometimes when I, I get that. Yeah. But I, I know like, I said it two years ago. Yeah. I remember saying it two <laughs> it years ago. It should be a staple because, yeah. I know. I Yeah, I meant to say it this year. I think I forgot to mention it. But it, <laughs> it but it is true. I mean, there's a lot of fears and insecurities and stuff that we all have that prevent us from taking on big, challenging things and overcoming that that hurdle. Yeah. You know, uh, that mental in hump. itself is a big hurdle to overcome. And then to go on and to to actually complete 170 miles. I'm glad you said that because that's something that I hope that I will always, and I I hope that I do a good job of of doing is like, is really emphasizing how awesome it is to do even 170 miles. Like even there I said, oh, 170 miles. Like it's like, we almost talk about it like it's it's in passing, like it's an easy thing. But I like that perspective how I mean, we're talking about truly a very small percentage of population yeah. can even do something like that. And to to get over that mental hump, like you said, just to sign up and commit yourself to that, like that, that's the first hurdle. You yeah. know, I mean, after, you know, 150 miles, nothing else matters, right? Like your legs are shot, your body's done, <laughs> like you're just cruising at that point. But in pain, but in yeah. Pain, yeah, but everything leading up to that, that got you to that point. Those are the hard things. Yeah. The hard things are, uh, signing up for an event, packing your bike, mentally preparing for, you know, the first 50 miles or the first hundred miles, uh, packing your snacks. That mental stuff, I think is such a barrier that's hard to articulate and it's going to be different for every, every mm-hmm. person. But I just, you know, I mean, you just did the East Texas showdown. You just did doom. I did an ITT on, on the showdown route and I was reminded of how, how fear, how much fear has an impact. Oh like, yeah. Like you want it to go well, man. You want your body to perform well. You don't want to have pain. I mean, you, you're going to get to pain, but you know, like you want to, yeah. you want to get you like, I don't know, you want to have like a good run at it. And, uh, you also don't want to let people down. I know I don't know if that's a huge thought for a lot of people, but you know, you sign up for an event like this, especially if it's your first one. Like I know my first ETS, I was like, I signed up for 380 miles. Why it wasn't 400, nobody knows, but that's all right. <laughs> but you sign up for 380 and you start telling people and it becomes more real. And then that real factor turns into real fear because you're like, well, shit, now I do have to do 380 miles. Like I've got to do a 40 mile death loop and finish. Yeah. You know, I've told these people, uh, that I've committed to this and I know, you know, obviously there's, everybody has their own challenges. Uh, but I'm the type of person that I've never DNF'd and I hope not to ever on anything. And that's kind of, I guess, a fear of mine, which pushes me to want to finish things. Telling people that you're doing it, I think, it's it it's a huge motivator for this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I think I was thinking about this like with my ITT and I did this intentionally. I said it on the podcast. I said I am doing an ITT. Why? 
So I would have that social accountability mm -hmm. to make sure that I did it because, and I thought about this while I was driving up there that, that first morning, it's like early in the morning and I'm like trying to wrap my head around, I'm like, I can't believe I'm like, there's no one here. It's no support. No, there's nothing like, it's not even an event. I'm just going to go out here and ride my bike 400 miles. Uh, ben Cranel, my editor happened to be there through a funny set of circumstances, but we were both doing our own ITTs and I was like, man, if I didn't tell people I was doing this, I might just turn around. Like, mm -hmm. like the, it's just much because easier. that fear is so strong. And I don't even, I don't know what it was just, it's such a big thing. It's a big thing. It's, yeah. For me, I had a hard time like wrapping my mind around 400 miles. I was like, and I've done 500 before, but still, it's just like, it's just big. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, it's a long time. Why am I doing this? <laughs> it's, it's just, you think about the time in the saddle. Um, and like the first year it was, you know, like sub 35 hours this year, it was like uh, 37 or something like that. Like that's a long time to have your butt sitting in one spot. And it like, aside from the boredom and stuff like that, that occurs, you know, that's, that's a lot of pain. Yeah. That you're going to endure for long miles. Is that your two times? So first year in East Texas, mm -hmm. it was 35 and second year was 37. Yeah. Something like that. And for the listening audience, let's be clear. It's longer the second. So uh, yes. first year was 380. <laughs> the second year was 400. Yeah. So, uh, your average probably actually went down. Yeah. A little um, bit. And the second year, so this was year three of ETS, but my second year, um, was definitely more challenging in the uh in the terrain so it was backwards which is yeah. cool uh actually really loved it backwards that was nice yeah why um uh i just remember the first year finishing in that uh, after groveton i think uh in that sandy bit mm. it was hot as hell i was miserable uh i just had um greg shannon and eric with me before that so i had some company and then uh, some buddies from the shop and uh, I intentionally dropped myself because I was in Bonkville and then I had to go through all that sandy bit by myself in the heat it was it was awful um, now this year in reverse that sandy bit was was peanut butter it was like just mushy as anything uh, I was on a faster lighter bike this year which I think kind of helped with bigger tires but that was i think that took up a lot of time that first 100 miles or so yeah so let's uh pick up where we just were and tell me going into the first east texas showdown this was your well before that what was your longest race before east texas showdown the first one you did couldn't have been more than 60 or 70 miles. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like so you went race. from that to the 380. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So a big, a big jump. Quite a, quite a big leap. Yeah. So what were, what were, do you remember like what your fears and anxieties and cons I don't you know, do you remember yeah. what your mindset was going you, into you that know, first I, year? You know, I think I was more excited than anything to have any fears or anxieties. Um, I, I tend to kind of just jump into things like head first, feet first, whatever the expression is, because why not? Um, so with East Texas, the first year, uh, had my cosmic stallion steel bike, didn't have a lot packed with me. Um, didn't have a sleep 
set, didn't have a bivy, nothing like that. I planned on just going straight through. It's like 400 miles, 1,700 or 17,000 feet of elevation. I can knock that out. But just my own ego, confidence, whatever. Cool. Um, I packed. Uh, so your plan was to go straight through, no sleep, no yeah. nothing, no hotels, no, just nothing like that. And it's 380. 380, yeah. yeah. 380, thank you. Yeah. Not 400. Why? <laughs> and why, nobody why knows would somebody, why. Yeah, why would somebody do that? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, so I had a, a rain jacket. I had some snowboarding gloves and like a, a puffer vest to keep me warm at night just in case. But aside from that, I just uh, I packed really minimal yeah. uh, stuff. What gave you the confidence or the stupidity uh-huh. or the bravado or yeah. whatever it was to approach that race in that manner with very limited experience like that's yeah. that's bold it was um definitely bold stupidity and <laughs> um uh my interpretation of whatever my grit was at that time okay i think influenced me there yeah uh, i i gave myself um sort of a goal to hit not a time goal necessarily but my goal was ride through the night make it to to daylight stay awake like if you can do that, you can make it to the finish. Yeah. Um, and uh, as long as I kept true to that, I'd be fine, which I did. Although I did take uh, like 45 minutes at the Whataburger in Jacksonville. Yeah. And just like had five taquitos and a cup of coffee and a good BM and just like <laughs> just totally zoned out. Uh, what kind of taquitos did you go with? Uh, I went with the potato egg and cheese. Yeah, that's those are the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ate two there and took three with me. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Oh. Whenever I did my ITT, that's what I grabbed too, is I yeah. got uh, potato, egg, and cheese. So good. Some for now and some for later. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I did the same for this year, except we stopped at Sonic instead of Whataburger. Um, Theirs aren't nearly as we'll, good. We'll get into that if we want to, yeah. uh, once we get into to year number two for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the first year... Um, Made it through the night, uh, linked up with a couple of people. So, uh, Ben, um, Ben Granel. Yeah, I had the the Tennessee Three the first year. Oh, nice. Which was the Tennessee Three. Yeah, they were the best group to ride with. We must have ridden pretty much all the way to Jackson. There were a couple of times where we kind of tapered off a little bit, but yeah, um, it was. That's such a great crew. I, I remember uh, Andrew. Ben Cody, ABC. That's right. <laughs> Andrew Ben Cody. Yeah. Cody Seaver. I don't remember Andrew's last name. Dang it. Yeah. Is Andrew his... works at a bike shop. I remember that. Cody, uh, he does a thing where he, he sets up like uh, audio systems for uh, like concerts yes. for like rock bands or country western bands. Yeah. So they're all based out of Tennessee, like Nashville. So there's a lot of music industry. So he travels around like with a band, just that's some endurance right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's why he couldn't make it this year though, is because he was oh, really? he was on tour with a band and couldn't get away. I think. Yeah, but it was a, it was a bummer not to have the Tennessee Three because the Tennessee I was so Three bummed. was there for the first two years, and then uh, Ben was the only one that was supposed to make it this year. But then he got the dates wrong. I don't know how. And yeah, ended up. Doing uh, isn't he IT. part of bikes and bikes or death? Yeah, like. 
he edits this podcast. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he so, was one of the first people to know. It's just, it's like my Airbnb cabin story in Arkansas. Oh, I told yeah. you earlier, whenever I booked it for the wrong dates, he just, he put it on his calendar and uh, just never looked at it again. Mm-hmm. Even though he's editing the podcast and it, like says it on there and stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's kind of St. a funny Patrick's story, Day, yep. but it worked out really well for me. Cause then I had somebody out there, even though he's way faster than me, it was like, just nice that he was out there. Yeah. Well, just, just so he knows I was bummed that I didn't get to, I was really actually looking forward to riding with them again. Yeah. If only for a little bit. Yeah. I can tell you, he was looking forward to riding with you too. Right, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, me. That was me. I was really looking I, forward to that. I was missing it. <laughs> he he was taking actually. Safety breaks. <laughs> He was pretty. He was pretty bummed. Like, whenever he realized that he was gonna miss the showdown, yeah, he was, he was pretty bummed, and uh, he was kind of hoping he could still make it, and it just didn't like work out with his like, I don't know, whatever, whatever plans that they had. Um, but anyway, yeah. You know, in reflection of it, it's kind of cool though to do the ITT like Stephanie did, um, attempted the ITT beforehand. Yeah, and it's like you've got your grand depart just like a lot of these other uh, long-distance endurance stuff. And then you've got your people who are just coming out there to whenever just to do it yeah. because it's a nice challenge. I would love to see more people do ITTs. We've um, we've had quite a few groups like ride the lowdown route just like that camping mm-hmm. trip, which is cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope more people do ITTs. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one's – no, Ben is the only person who's completed an ITT. Way to go, Ben. Yeah. So you got that, Ben. You kicked my ass. And Stephanie, she just had bad weather. Oh, she, yeah. From what I heard, yeah. She knew, I mean, we all know she can do that route and has done that route and has won that route. Like, it's it's just. And can do it faster than I can, for sure. And me by five times, by (laughs) fivefold or whatever. Okay. What, uh, anything else about uh, year number one? Um you know, no, that's, I think that's about it. Your number that was, was your first big event. Yeah. So how about, this is a good question. What was your takeaway? Not, I mean, you can, you know, blow smoke up my ass if you want sure. to, but not just East Texas showdown, but what was your, what was your like, uh, takeaway from that experience of like longer, uh, events you kept it, it doing was, them. So. Yeah. It was the bug. It, it really was. Um, it was the drug, eh? It was the drug drugs. Yeah. Right across the street here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right there. Uh, no, it, it really did. It was the catalyst for a lot of what I'm doing now. Um, that segued into gravel worlds, uh, which was a 300 miler. Um, and just having the different types of terrain over that long distance stuff is, um, you know, three and 400 miles is pretty standard as far as like, you know how long a mile is, but whenever you're talking about, uh, elevation, it completely changes the course. Oh, sure. I mean, that's what I've obviously I found with doom. Um, but, uh, yeah, first ETS really got me hooked and the party was nice. Oh yeah. Although party was better this year, (laughs) not to blow smoke, but yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. no, it was good. Good stuff. I hope I hope we keep getting better. That's yeah. That's the goal. Yeah, and the bullet is a perfect venue for it. Although I missed breakfast. Uh, this who, year you did. Yeah, who was it? Alex. I think it was Alex Maldonado was talking about how he had pancakes. And I think I think this year or for the next year I'm going to advocate for a waffle iron there. 
Um, if I have to buy it myself and provide it to the bullet, I'll do that. And make your own waffle? I don't care who makes it. <laughs> I just want a waffle. Oh, you just want waffles? Yeah. <laughs> do they not have waffles? No, not that I saw. Huh. Yeah. I bet. Okay. I know a guy. Do you? Okay. I know a guy. I, I figured this was the right forum for it. Yeah, we uh, changed that this year to where, yeah, breakfast was, like, a lot more streamlined. Instead of, like, making, like, they had yeah. just stuff ready to go. And waffles would be a, an easy one. All right, fine. I miss the breakfast, but, yeah, waffles are my jam. That's my that's my ritual, for sure. What do you put on them? Peanut butter. Oh. Yeah. Now we're talking. Oh, yeah. Crunchy or creamy? Oh, I'm all about that crunchy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Country boys for life. Yeah, someone was just asking. Oh, at the uh, end of the bikepacking basics. No, no, no. It was when I was doing my presentation. Uh, I did a like a, a bikepacking bla- basics clinic, and someone there asked me, "Chunky or creamy?" Mm. Like that's a good question. It it is, and you know what's interesting, uh, and I've run into this a couple of times in the last few weeks. Is you can tell if somebody likes peanut butter, you can tell if they're crunchier or creamy. I don't know what it is. I, I did think you were going to be crunchy. I mm-hmm. will say that. Like, I yeah. definitely pegged you as a crunchy. I'm going to, I will have to say, I feel like I need to test that theory. I can't just, like, take your word for mm-hmm. it. But I will be employing it in my daily life. And just I'm going to be, like, crunchy. Think about creamy. some people you know. like. Oh, yeah, and what they eat. Mm-hmm. Emily, for example. Oh, she's creamy. She is so creamy. Yeah. yeah. Creamy I don't even butter. know that, but no. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So where are you at um, now in your cycling, we're going to call it quote-unquote career, your cycling life. Yeah. Um, after East Texas Showdown, it lit a fire under you, mm-hmm. got excited. I know that you just did East Texas Showdown. Right after that, you did Doom. Right after that, you did Jailbreak. I think there was something else. Just maybe. before that, I did Mid-South. Right, yeah, Mid-South. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you are riding your bike a lot. And, yeah. uh, and and doing pretty well. Um, at least ninth, yeah. At least ninth, which is, like, as we just determined, like, if finishing 170 is in the <laughs> highest percentile of Americans, yeah. finishing in ninth place in a 400-mile race is in the upper echelons. That's, like, point zero zero. I, I don't mean, even know. I'm getting nervous just sitting here talking to wow. you. Wow, yeah. Is that true celeb status? I, I I'm going to get so. some shit for that for sure. It is crazy, though, I think, <laughs> how unwell, unrecognized these endurance efforts are oh, in yeah. the greater population. Red Bull should be here talking to you, not me. Man. But here I am. Well, that's when you get into the the like the like unbound in those lifetime events. Um, you know, that's where the true... Wreck it. Sorry, we're getting distracted by a June bug here. We got two ADD guys trying to have a podcast, so there's a June bug. Yeah. Here. <laughs> just, I could feel his, the wind flapping from his wings. <laughs> All right, he's out of here. Um, we were talking about, oh, the recognition thing. Um, yeah, unless you're doing one of those lifetime events or something like that, like nobody gives a shit about uh, no. grassroots. Not right now. Not right now. One day. Yeah. But I'm, I don't think any of us are in a big hurry to get there. No. I I prefer East Texas, Doom, um, the race-ready events, like these smaller where everybody's having a party afterwards and drinking beer and eating snacks. Like, yeah. That's good that's vibes. Yeah. Good vibes and bikes. It is. So, I mean, as far as your personal, like, is, is cycling just a hobby? Is this just how you – is fun for you – 
events, training? Are you wanting yeah. to get sponsored? Like, what are you doing? That's a good question. Yeah, it's um, it started off as a hobby. I suppose it still is. Um, I'm investing in myself, I think. Um, and I just really like being on my bike. That's that's pretty much it. I like the uh, I like the pain of the endurance stuff and the beauty that comes from it. Um, and then the short rides around my area. I just like the community aspect of it. You know, doing 22 miles every Thursday is just fun. Cause I get to bullshit with my friends, uh, do some, you know, bunny hops if I want to and just chill out. Yeah. It's pretty great. What, what is great about it? Like, what are you personally getting, um, out of these experiences, whether it's your own personal efforts or through the community, um, why do you keep pursuing it? I get a couple of things. So the fitness aspect is great. Um, I can breathe. Uh, I can, you know, I'm relatively healthy. Uh, the community aspect, I think, is the biggest, though. Uh, get to know everybody in my cycling community. Connor is not a huge cycling community, but we've got some really great people. Um, and just building those friendships. Like Super Dave I was talking about, uh, I have some knee issues uh, from Doom and from other long events. And uh, he's like right there with me trying to coach me to say, hey, Eric, take some time off or put some ice on that knee, like relax it, like caring about me. You know, that's just, that's nice. It's nice to have that in my life. Uh, It is a difficult thing to do to rest an injury. Yeah. Is that what you're struggling with? It's oh, like totally. Your body is telling you you need to kind of take it easy, but you're like, I, I kind of want to just go and ride. Yeah. 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 Yesterday I planned on taking, so Monday I did what we call our uh, Hoke ride, and it's uh, out in Sam Houston. It's a 45-mile uh, tempo or kind of kind of high-paced gravel race, gravel ride. Um, I think we averaged like a little over 18 um, on Monday. My knee was murdered. I was going to take Tuesday off, but then my buddy Praxis and Marty called me, and they're like, hey, we're going to ride just maybe 20, 30 miles. So I decided to do that on the single speed. Oh. Yep. (laughs) You know, just for fun. (laughs) Uh, And then today, you know, just riding 15 with you, that was probably the best thing I've done for my knee uh, to date. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been a very difficult lesson that I'm uh, having to learn again and again as I get a little bit older. Is I I have to actually rest. Yeah, um, listen my, to your body. Yeah, and I I like to do an active recovery, but but really light. Or depending on what the issue is, I've had a shoulder issue and a bicep issue. Luckily, my knees have been pretty pretty healthy. But yeah, I guess lifting weights that like put some strain on the shoulders and everything, right? Yeah that's the problem, right? Like your muscles are stronger than your tendons and your joints Mm. and stuff. And so that's what I've had to learn is like, you really have to start slow and like work your, and like, yeah. That's so hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. It's the worst. Some of us just want to like dive right into things. I never want to be slowed down. Yeah. 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 Life is too short, man. I got shit to do. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of shit to do (laughs) in a short period of time. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do shit, man. I don't want to be injured. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be, I don't want to be anything. I want to be going and doing and fit and healthy and happy and enjoying life, man. That's, I mean, what else are we here to do? Exactly. Yeah. That's so that, I mean, that really is probably, I mean, it sounds like a lot of what motivates you is just like cycling. Yeah. 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 And running to a lesser extent, but yeah. 
Yeah, running's okay. Yeah. Running's great cross-training for bikes. It is, yeah. yeah. So I, I trained for Mid-South because um, I did the run portion of that too. Oh, cool. Um, trained quite a bit in running, like, you know, 15, 17 miles, that kind of thing. Um, but Where do that, you run? Do you run on trails? Or so do you run on? typically from my house, I've got great woodlands trails, um, which aren't really trails or bike paths or whatever. Um, huge network throughout all of the woodlands. Um, don't have to worry about cars or anything like that. And I can, I've got a couple of good routes from my house that are anywhere from five miles to 15 miles. Wow. A couple of trails, uh, like WG Jones, which is off a of 242, which three of your listeners are going to know where that <laughs> is. Uh, uh, in there it's mostly sand, um, and like really messed up trails from hooves, like from, uh, horses, horses and stuff. But, uh, yeah, still fun to ride or run. So the Mid-South, the run, I don't know much about it. How how many miles? I assume you did the 100-mile gravel. Yeah. So yeah. how many miles is the run? And that's on Friday. Yeah, so Friday it's a 50K, which is, which is like 30, 32-ish. Two? Yeah, something yeah. like that. 32 so that's miles. A, that's, a, that's a marathon plus. Yeah, they, it's considered, since it's over a marathon, it's considered an ultra. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's my first one. How'd you do? I did okay. I finished. finished? Yeah. <laughs> I finished without dying. That was good. What else could you hope for? Yeah. All right. So going into East Texas Showdown this year, um, what were your goals? How was it different than the first year? Because I know it's a lot different. I know that after the first year, you you know, just grew, uh, in your ability and your confidence yeah. and, and all this stuff. So how did you approach the second year differently? Um, I actually packed more stuff ah, the second year. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I actually had more, I had frame bags, like a frame bag. I had a top tube bag and a, like a front barrel kind of thing. Um, keg, I don't know what they call them. Yeah. Um, also had arrow bars this year which game changer I, yeah, I'm a big I, fan. yeah a lot of people knock the arrow bars on gravel but try it 120 miles it makes a difference yeah um it's fine at 100 miles but after that yeah yeah when your shoulders start crying like yeah. um so i i still planned on going all night um i was hoping to have a much better time than what i had despite being you know 20 extra miles because uh, I was on a faster bike, bigger tires, more stuff, like better fitness. I, I thought I'd do better. Um, but I had a great time. <laughs> really. It was it was so lovely. Like the peanut butter stuff was so much fun for me because like my bike wants to stay upright in that thick stuff. Yeah. Going through puddles, that's my jam. Uh, great company. Well, it was a lot uh, worse conditions this year too. Yeah. Which – will slow you down. Mm -hmm. uh, and also I assume the conditions had something to do with the extra gear. Maybe not. Eh, no. You just I wanted more creature comforts? Yeah, I just wanted more snacks. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the snacks nowadays. Like, so what was your goal this year? What, I, I wanted to, to uh, be about 30. 30 hours was kind of like the sweet spot for me. Yeah. So, so no, you don't really care what the pack did. You were just, you set a time oh, yeah. goal and you're like, I think 30 is good. Yeah. Placing is not 
in, in these events, it, well, really in any event, placing is not really like my motive because Kuya exists, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm not going to beat that dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's just too fast. Uh, and he, he can live off of like 12 gels over 400 miles and be fine. And uh, it's so funny. I have to say this real quick, but I've heard so many people say that, that Kuya has, and I guess now Dennis too. Dennis, yeah. You know, I mean, he came in at a, a, a non-qualifying time of second last year mm-hmm. and then won it this year. Um, so those two guys have changed that race to the extent where like, I've heard so many people say, I mean, placing doesn't matter because of them. Yeah. Like it almost just takes it off the table. And so now everybody else is just like doing the best they can. Yeah. That's all we're doing. <laughs> and it, it's kind of nice cause it relieves that, uh, that like that pressure and that expectation. Uh, and it, it kind of forces you, especially in the, in the 400, to just ride your own ride. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have the pressure of like, oh, well, you know what? I could come in fifth if, you know, I do this or that or that or this. But it doesn't matter. As long as you finish, you have a good time doing it. Like, yeah. And you happen to come in ninth, cool. You happen to get smoked by uh, Stephanie, and, Stephanie Hannah and Hannah on the death loop. <laughs> on the death loop, fine. They would, yeah, they would drop most of everybody. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they were just being nice to me. Tell me about uh, tell me about a fun or interesting uh, experience that you had with somebody on route that wasn't another cyclist, like a gas station attendant, or oh, did you man. have any like you interesting know, interactions along the way? You know, there I feel like there are always just casual interactions with uh, a lot of the folks out there. Um, oh man, I can't remember what gas station it was, but I ended up I think it was. Uh, Oh, what morning was there were some really nicely dressed people it must have been saturday morning um but uh quite a quite a lot of interactions with the people at that gas station just the the passerbyers um like where y'all going how long y'all been here it's just so cool to be like yeah you know we're on a 400 mile bike ride we're at you know mile 280 or whatever and they're like well by god oh well, by god. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the the such a cool feeling yeah and it makes them feel like I, I don't know what it makes them feel like, but I'm sure it's like interesting, pretty, pretty interesting to yeah. see these random people on these goofy bikes uh, cruising through their town. Give them something to talk about that afternoon. Yeah, you won't believe what I saw down at the gas station, Mama. Yeah, you know? and I have to say, nothing beats the the first year I did it, ETS two, uh, the the ladies over at the Dollar General. Yeah, yeah. They were the best. Yeah, taking I'm photos friends with of her. Those. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Sue, Are you? <laughs> Sue, Sue Wheelock? Yeah. We're, oh man, we chat on Facebook. So yeah, that was, that was hands down one of the best experiences. They were just so sweet. Where are y'all from? Like I'm from Conroe. Oh my gosh, that's like right over there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, good. Uh, this year was mile 75, so it was reversed because that was mm. mile 90 last year, but then it was reversed. So this year. Ratcliffe mile 75 which I bet you didn't stop at um is that the gas station with the pizza place yeah so yeah, you I stopped did. there so it was yep. your first stop then yep yeah quick stop well those ladies have really taken a shine to us and and they're just all into it they'll talk your ear off if you let them and yeah stand there they'll talk to you all day long but it's been cool to see uh the the colliding of two worlds oh yeah and i have to you're a native texan i'm a native texan 
I will be honest that there was a little bit of uncertainty and concern on my part as a race director about unleashing people into East Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, uh, and, and happily, let me say luckily, but happily I've been, we, we've had mostly nothing but positive interactions on, yeah. on both sides. Like I hear all the time people come here like, wow, people are way nicer. I was expecting. And, you're expecting just, I don't know. I don't know what the exact perception is, mm-hmm. but not great. Yeah. You know, maybe scary. And Yeah. I mean, you think about East Texas and like just how desolate some of those towns are, or like how far out some of those houses are. Uh, I know uh, the first year for me cruising down um, through Davy Crockett, you go past the uh, ATV off-road oh, yeah, park. The, yeah. Like I did that at somewhere around two or three in the morning and that was freaky. Yeah. Uh, did I feel uncomfortable? Like I was going to die? No. But is it weird to hear like four wheelers and stuff and people hooting and hollering? Yeah. Yes. It's very weird. Yeah. It's scary. But everybody you meet out there, they're just so excited to see random people doing for them crazy stuff. Right. Which, you know, to an extent we are doing crazy stuff. I like it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a little, it's, it's definitely different. Um, but I love that it, it is a, a slight breaking of barriers and colliding of worlds. And uh, it, it has been a positive introduction on both sides. Like we're trying to, we mail postcards to those ladies and oh, the really? gas stations, like with their pictures, with a thank you card. Like we, we, we haven't done this yet, but next year I was just saying, I was like, man, we need to start uh, submitting an article to the paper. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we try, like we call the shops beforehand and let them know we're coming, but we really want like much like the tour divide, not to say this will ever be on that level, but you see along the tour divide, how yes. the, the businesses and the community gets bought in and it's just a better experience. Yeah. And I, and really like from a race director pr- perspective, I, I, that creates a safer event. The more the community is aware oh, yeah. and they know what we're doing, they're like, oh, it's those guys. The more they can say, oh, it's them. It's those crazy cyclists. Yeah. Um, the more I think it's just a better experience for everybody. Yeah, that you know? full engagement. And even like, you know, just thoughts coming into my brain right now, but like uh, having a, uh, like a board at one of the gas stations where people go in there and sign like, put pictures up and stuff of ETS. Like people would just love to see that throughout the year. I'm sure. Yeah. We've, uh, at the bullet, they collect like the trophies and the Mm -hmm. banners and stuff, which, I mean, you go there any day of the year and see ETS stuff like uh, up there, but it would be cool to like, see that expand through the route, you know? Yeah. Get to the gas station and they're like, Oh yeah, Eric, I remember you from last year. Take a Polaroid. Yeah. (laughs) See, that'd be another cool thing. Disposable cameras out there. So tell me your, uh, I'm going to do a brief survey about the East Texas showdown. I'm, I know an interested party in the answer to the survey. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your personal favorite part about the event? could be the route, could be the people. I mean, just yeah. anything. Like- no, that's a, that's a really great question. Uh, so the route is phenomenal, right? Uh, elevation's good. The distance is, you know, just fine. Um, the towns, they're cute, adorable fun to be in yeah but realistically it's hanging out at the bullet at the end that's the best part for me yeah you get uh camaraderie you've got you know pretty much all the the major cities in texas plus uh a couple of outsiders and everybody's just getting along having a good time yeah yeah it's super cool how 
well the I don't know the community has congealed around this event mm -hmm. and I I'm sure I'd be actually I should just ask you but I'm feeling like a family forming, you know, oh, like yeah. when the Tennessee three doesn't show up, like you're disappointed yeah. and like, no, you get heartbroken and Not like disappointed thirty, Yeah. Heart, ben. yeah. 30. <laughs> yeah. Ben 30, uh, 36er Gary. Yeah. Um, he didn't, he missed registration and then he missed the wait list. Uh, and then I got, I got him in. I'll just straight yeah, up admit yeah. it. I'm like, dude, it, I like, there's you a little are, bit of favoritism there. That's I all mean, right. It doesn't happen very often, but I'm like, Gary, we were actually actually at the takeover in uh, in Georgia uh, when I found out. I'm like, dude, I can't wait to see. He's like, dude, I didn't get in, and then I miss a wait list. He's like, I tried, I tried, I tried. Oh. I'm like, oh, and I asked like Emily was there. I was like, Emily, do we have an extra spot? She's like, we can get him in. I'm like, all right, you're in. Yeah, we don't have an extra spot, <laughs> FYI, for anybody. Yeah, but we can squeeze him. But it's family, man. Yeah, like it it's, is. It and that that's been absolutely the best part so that makes me happy yeah. that the, the camping aspect of it too you know like people stay in the night like that's just yeah. or you know for those who who get in kind of early from uh from the ride and they get to hang out and then see people come in you know maybe saturday night that are going to camp and do the death loop in the morning like that's just it's so much fun yeah because you get to talk about the ride a little bit then you know they've got to get back out and suffer some more so that format, um, I'm caught, the Central Texas Showdown is happening. I'm, this is a major announcement. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm Emily, here for this? Emily will get mad at me, but here we go. <laughs> uh, October 12th through the 15th of this year. Um, and we're- It's in October? Yeah. Damn. What's in October? Everything's in October. Yeah. Arkansas High Country. Oh, is it really? Yeah. When? Uh, I think it's like the first- weekend or so in October yeah unfortunately with my crazy schedule like this is the only weekend I can do it so it's All out right. of necessity at least it's um, close but yeah. but yeah so that's when it's gonna be and but same blueprint it's gonna be uh, a lowdown that's 172 miles the slowdown is gonna be 300 and the showdown is gonna be 450 oh um, no but listen to this this is the crazy part it's like 78 percent paved really yeah there's no gravel roads it's all around the hill country and oh so it's a hill ride it's a it's like Fuck. around fredericksburg Atlanta. i mean it's beautiful like you're on paved roads that should be gravel like it's they're tiny little roads like you're like am i trespassing like what's happening yeah. this is all paved it's crazy huh but it's going to be really neat because you'll go to, once it's done as a series, you'll do East Texas, which is like a lot of gravel and uh, trees. Then you go to the hill country, uh, which is, and, and yeah, a lot more paved and, you know, obviously hilly. And you're starting to get into that West Texas, uh, you know, the cactus and yeah. the terrain and everything. West Texas atmosphere. And, uh, and then we're going to do the West Texas showdown and you're gonna have to qualify for West Texas by doing either, either East Texas or central Texas. And we're only going to do 50 people that go out to big bend. Damn. So it's gonna be like super limited. Uh, but then we'll have like the triple crown showdown. Like it'll be a whole oh, series. Our own Texas triple crown. Yeah. That's, that's huge news. Everybody. <laughs> that's big deal. 
That then just you happened. might have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's cool. I, I'm work. I'm building the website right now. I've solidified. So I mean, we're gonna have. We still have a death loop. Um, it's course, gonna be very yeah. similar. Like. We're going to meet at the Castell General Store. We have Camp Live Festi that's like literally less than a mile away. Um, it's it's like already set up. So we're going to have like our bullet grill essentially. Mm-hmm. They already have a stage. Like it's going to be the same event, the same blueprint. We're just going to take it to Central Texas and we're going to do it again. So yeah. I'm excited because another cool variation would be like what if somebody did the Triple Crown with only one bike? Like that could be a whole nother category because – you know, you got like gravel, a lot more oh, road, yeah. and then, you know, mountain bike terrain. Yeah. But what if someone did it? So you got single speed would be one category, but then like the same bike category, you know? When I do this, I will be doing it on the same bike. There you go. See? Absolutely. 100%. That'll be, that's a fun challenge. Yeah. One bike for all three, a wide variety of terrains. I'll even keep the same wheel set. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Same tires yeah. or same type of tire. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Well, that See, sounds, that this is good. fun. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. So that's what's happening. I don't remember why we started talking about that. Uh, I guess just to promote it. I, oh, yeah. I, I segued <laughs> in there somehow. No, that's good. Oh, well, we we're talking about the party and the community. That's what yeah. it was. And then I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're kind of duplicating that. Yeah. And we're, we're going to have the same element. And continuing so. that same theme of having yeah. like a but party. That was, yeah. That was my thing from the beginning. It was simply the, it was combining bikepacking with the gravel community, mm-hmm. which the gravel community really did a good job of. And bikepacking was like, empty parking lots or Freddie Mercury signs with nobody around is, is, which is cool too. Right. But I'm like, if I go and do 400 miles, I want to fucking party afterwards. I want to drink a beer. I want want people to to be there and like talk about the experience and stuff like that. That's what I want. Yeah. And apparently a lot of other people want that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Cause again, like to circle back to the, you know, thing we were talking about at the beginning, that shared experience uh, with people that can actually understand what you just did. And, and to some extent, there's a trauma bond there, right? Yeah. You know, there, for people who had, like, you know, fallen into the water, like, you have a trauma bond with other people who fell into the water. Oh, yeah. Like, and that builds that, that camaraderie. And, you know, somebody might live in New York, and you have this Instagram pal now that, uh, that you're going to see once a year, or I guess three times a year now. That's right, depending. three times a year. Yeah. Y'all better get your ass down to Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's fun, man. It's been, it's, it's truly been, I mean, really like bikes or death in general, like the podcast kind of just like did, Mm -hmm. did well unexpectedly. And I was like, I did the East Texas showdown. I just was like trying to service the community, you know, the, the local Texas community. I'm like, dude, we need a cool, fun race, you know? Um, I didn't think we were going to get, you know, 200 people to sign up, you know, from five different countries. It's like sell out. Yeah. Sell out in four hours. Yeah. Humble brag. For real. Anyway, did you do that, Andrew Onermaw, over at Doom? Yeah, he sold no, out. No, just kidding. He did sell out. I don't <laughs> know, he? four I hours. Know. I were, think so. There were 70... Uh, oh, I don't know. How many people... Oh, I, I told I told Gary today how many people... There were like 70-some-odd people there. Oh, that's a great turnout. Yeah. Good job, Andrew. 20, 28 plus 19, that many people. Finished? 28 people finished, 19 people uh, did not finish. So that's 48. What was that? I don't know. All right. Anderson. Anderson after dark. It didn't, like, it was a, 
sound like an impact, but yeah. not a crash because there's no like screeching tires. No, like somebody just like really fucked a curb. <laughs> huh. Maybe they ran into the building. There's a massive building on the roundabout. Yeah. Follow me on Strava. There's going to be a picture on there. <laughs> Follow me on Strava. You just got five more followers. There we go. Uh, okay, so there was like 48 people that, that did it. 38, 30, wait, 28 plus 19? Yeah, 28 plus 19. 50, That's 47. 47, yeah. Yeah, 47. 47 people. Am I the finance guy or are you the finance guy? I am not the finance guy today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not <No>. either. <laughs> We're Do, probably both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Can we phone a friend? You have, you have Andrew's number? Uh, Yeah, uh, let's, I let's, do have Andrew's let's number. Call him up. He, he doesn't take my calls anymore. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Andrew's great. Andrew's one of my favorite. Yeah, I, I love Andrew. I, I mean, Andrew, uh, hopefully, like, I kind of see him and I as very similar. Like he does a podcast. He's building like races mm-hmm. and doing group rides and community stuff in Arkansas. I host a podcast. I'm doing similar stuff in Texas. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel a lot of like, I, yeah. Yeah, totally. Andrew. And regular people. Like when I walked up to him in doom, I was like, Hey, how's it going? And it's like, where do I sign up or whatever? And uh, he's like, Hey, what's your name? And I was like, I'm Eric. What's your name? I hadn't met him before. It's like, I'm Andrew. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That guy. Uh, yeah. Right. Just a regular guy. This guy here. They're all just regular people. So let's talk about Doom. Uh, yeah. I've done quite a few podcasts about Doom, so I think most people are familiar with it. Um, but just give like a, a queek. A queek? A queek. A queek. <laughs> <laughs> Anderson after dark. Things get weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. What I mean, just give a brief overview of what is Gravel Doom. Yeah. Doom is um, uh, apparently a long distance, lots of elevation, hard as hell gravel event. Um, I, you know, I I struggle with saying that it's a race because I don't necessarily race. I'm more, uh, less competitive. Um, but, uh, yeah, through Arkansas, up and down the hills and the hollers, uh, across Buffalo national river, uh, white river, like all these various creeks that go to and fro. How would you describe the course? Uh, I mean, you just described it a little bit, but um, I have a better question. Okay. I have a better question. How difficult would you describe the course? Like on a scale from one Let's to 10. Let's go one to 10. Uh, difficulty. Uh, so this one's tough for me because there there's another factor in difficulty, and it's a factor called beauty, um, which reduces difficulty. Mm. Um if if I were to not factor that in, I would say it's a ten, oh. maybe a ten and a half. It's pretty freaking hard. Yeah. Um, did a lot of hiking. Lots of hiking. Uh, if you factor in the beauty aspect of it, it's closer to a six. Wow, that's a big beauty factor. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I told you earlier on the bike ride, I I I take quite a bit of photos. Uh, over these 400 miles, I took over 350 photos. It was, my phone was crying because it didn't <laughs> battery. Um, it was just so beautiful though. Wow. Like you climb up a hill, you walk up a hill, you hike up a hill, whatever. You get to the top and you're just overlooking this, these beautiful rivers and, you know, green trees. Everything's just amazing looking. No. Especially if you catch it during the golden hours, it's that much better. 
Yeah, it really is beautiful. I mm-hmm. love it up there. All, there's tons of water crossings, so you're yeah. yeah, you're getting a lot of elevation change. So you're getting that the high views, and then you're going down the rivers and yeah. seeing the water. Nice, and, beautiful, like uh, aqua colored water. Just uh, do you know why the water is that color? No, it uh, mixes with the mineral. I don't remember the mineral that it is that's in. Record. Yeah. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with Eric here we House <laughs> in Anderson, Texas. Beautiful Anderson, Texas. Wow. We like riding bikes. Yep. Right across from the Confederate flag and the memorial. And we hate cleaning out our memory cards. <laughs> here we go. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the show. Yeah, so where were we? We were talking about how... Uh, the Yeah, the natural beauty and, and all of that good stuff. So uh, I think, where was I, like... People go through uh, an array of emotions. I think that's where kind of I was. Um, and I kind of had a moment um, at mile 330. I looked at my cheat sheet oh, nice. while we <laughs> took this little break, which is nice. Uh, 330, I was walking up a hill hiking, um, and I just, like, burst into tears. And these were, like, happy, joyous tears. Nice. Um, and uh, it was just... I kept saying to myself, this was 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday, uh, 8-ish. And I was just saying, this is the most beautiful thing. Like, everything was just gorgeous. I was tired. I was half dead. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I would disclose that to, well, uh, you know, all of your, your listeners or to anybody really, but... All right. Well, sorry about that, folks. Uh, little technical difficulties. We don't need to go into the details, and we certainly don't need to blame the host. Uh, but you did miss a little segment of our conversation where uh, Eric was talking about how he uh, cried on this one climb, and it was tears of joy, happiness, elation, overwhelmed with all of the feelings that come when you're doing something very hard in a very beautiful place. And he went on to tell about how after the race, um, he was at dinner, I believe, with a few friends. And through that conversation, each one of them admitted to crying at one point or another along the route. And for various reasons, some uh, out of fear, some didn't know why, some cried out of beauty, some cried out of pain. Um, But... We talked a little bit about how uh, these events bring your emotions to the surface. And I had a similar experience whenever I did my ITT that I shared with Eric. Um, On the last day, really, uh, I, I got, I think, 20 miles to the end. And I didn't even realize it, but I had tears kind of streaming down my face. And I was like, whoa, I'm crying. And it was kind of a an interesting moment because I didn't even realize I was crying and I was like, why am I crying? Am I happy? Am I sad? Am I tired? And I still don't know the answer. Um, It is interesting to learn yourself through bike pack racing. And um, anyway, I think Eric and I just had a nice moment where we shared, we're like, hey, everybody cries in bike pack racing and that's okay. So that's about what you missed. Sorry for the technical difficulties. And here's the rest of my conversation with Eric. Here we go again. 
And we're back, folks, talking about important things about how bikes fix your life. Yes. And everybody should ride their damn bike. Fire your therapist. <laughs> ride don't, your don't, bike. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who just said he was talking to his therapist. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, do you remember what you were saying? Um, well, like why we go through these uh, these huge endurance things and what we get out of them. Um, yeah. The the physical portion is one thing, like pushing your body to the limits, right? Uh, but also pushing your mind and your emotions to the extreme, which a lot of, I don't think a lot of people factor in, especially when you're watching like uh, sports on TV or something. Like you think it's all physical, but you know you live inside your head. That's that's where we dwell, right? And to have to walk your bike 15 miles, uh, that that can really fuck with your psyche. Or to, uh, for example, for East Texas, to fall in the mud several times, like I'm sure a lot of people did at the beginning, like that'll make you drop pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean when you're when you're cold and it's muddy and things aren't going well. Cold. Oh. Yeah, you're just shaking the entire day. That was the thing that got most people is just is is all those things. But but again, I mean, it's it, we don't that that's the fun part right is like we do not in the current world at least you and i and, and the people we hang out with mm -hmm. we don't live in a world where we have to test ourselves and our bodies right in the ways that our bodies and our brains have evolved to be tested right mm -hmm. like we evolved to be endurance animals that could survive and and thrive right yeah. like but we don't do that anymore. We ride around in our bubble cars and we go into our yeah. air conditioned office and we everything's 72 degrees all we, the time. We like, get DoorDash come into yeah. our house and, and that's, that's who we've become. And so I, it's, I mean, I don't know how to wrap my head around it, but we are tapping into something that we don't do anymore. Yeah. And there's something about the psychology and probably our physiology and everything that says, yes, Yes. It's this primal is, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but I think we need those hard things. I think we need to endure hard things. I think we need to have that perspective, whatever yeah. it is. I think our bodies and our minds need it for some reason. Oh yeah. No, the, the day you go back to work, you know, that Monday or Tuesday or whatever, after a, an event like that, uh, all you can think about is how trivial a lot of the things you're dealing with are after coming from being so hungry because all the gas stations are closed because it's Easter or, you know, yeah, thanks, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, making the brilliant decision to sleep in a holler next to the river when it's, uh, you oh, know, it's cold. 32 degrees down oh, there. Oh, my God. Opposed to climbing the hill where it's another 10 did degrees warmer. Did you do that? Shit, yeah, I did. Oh, my God. It gosh. sucked. All right, well, let's tell people <laughs> what not to do then. Yeah, all right. So uh, night number one. I shouldn't make fun. I'm not trying to make fun of you. No, please, this, yeah. yeah. Listen, Doom and really the first ETS was a huge learning experience for me. Uh, second ETS for me was um, uh, I, I kind of coasted. It was nice. Yeah. It felt good. Good. Yeah. That yeah. Was a, and I had a great company, which helped. Uh, you know, that just keeps the bike going. Um, Doom, on the other hand, uh, you know, it was two o'clock in the morning, um, Friday, no, I guess Saturday morning or Sunday morning, whatever. Uh, I lost all my body heat. I couldn't function anymore. I had to lay down, didn't plan on sleeping because that's what Eric does. He just jumps into things like, 
let's let's just fucking do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, did bring a bivy this time though. Uh, that was my only sleep gear. Uh, crawled inside of that, which was if any of you listening have ever uh, or have not been in a bivy, try it in your backyard before you you take it out in, <laughs> in real life. It's disgusting. Which you also didn't do, I assume. Did not do. <laughs> I bought it. No, uh, uh, somebody suggested that I get a bivy just in case. Mm-hmm. So I bought one on Amazon like the day before. Uh, it came in on like Tuesday and I left on Wednesday, something yeah. like that. Um, so try out your bivy beforehand. It's essentially a uh, plastic bag that you crawl into when you're filthy next to a river. Um so that locks in all your body moisture. And yeah, it it's a rainforest in there. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in there from about two a.m. to five thirty or so. I uh, got a couple of hours of sleep, and that's when I had my lowest mental point. Which is, I'm so glad I had it that early on, because uh, I feel like the earlier you have those mental breaks, the better the rest of the ride was going to be. If you can recover. If you can recover. Okay. So let's talk about how did you recover from that low point? Because that's an important. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so two to five thirty, thereabouts, um, listening to the Buffalo national river flow right beneath my feet. Um, somewhere in the 30 to 35 degree weather, uh, soaking wet. I wasn't as wet. I was drier before I got in the bag. Um, Last couple of hours, I just kind of laid awake trying to convince myself to get back on my bike because that was the only thing that was going to warm me up. Uh, However, Garmin, my computer, told me that there's a massive hill climb as soon as I had a water crossing, which was a a couple of feet away from me. Um, So it just took some mental fortitude to climb out of that bag, suck up the cold for a little bit, and then get back on my bike and get warm. I knew yeah. that 5.30, sun was going to be up by 6.30 or 7. Um, and from there, I'd start getting some rays and warm up. Yeah, just keep moving forward. That was my that was my darkest point in doom. Um, and did I want to quit? Kind of. But I also didn't want to give Andrew the satisfaction of my $100 <laughs> and picking me up. Because uh, I'm a little stubborn like that. Um, and I didn't... Oh, no, I brought $100 cash just in case. But, uh Yeah. That's the deal. You bail. It's a hundred bucks. Yep. That's a good deal. I yeah. like that. Cause it's expensive to go get all y'all fools. Oh yeah. And yeah. we're everywhere. We've talked about this before from an East Texas perspective. Cause like, we're like, do you just make it as part of the registration and then it's available to everybody? Or do you like charge them, you know, if they need it, mm. you know, like what? So Andrew went with the, if you need a bailout. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that because it's motivation. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. A hundred dollars is, you know, whatever to some people but it's the the fact that you have to get picked up like i'm not about that i will i will walk my bike with two flat tires and a a broken rim to the finish line if i need to so what was your uh that was your low point what was your high point was it when you cried it was it was absolutely yeah so i guess that was one of the high points okay so that was emotionally that was probably the highest uh i that's where you know, you kind of get into this different state of mind where everything glows, uh, and it, it wasn't the drugs, uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Um, but everything's just glowing. Uh, the sun had just come up like you're 
your body starting to feel that warmth from the sun. Uh, and I think I had, uh, had some beans, which really boosted my spirits. Uh, I brought a bag of beans with me. Best, best thing ever. Black beans, refried beans. Uh, they were refried beans. Nice. Yeah. Bag. It, it, uh, gave me about three meals. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, that was definitely the high point, even though I was hiking. The other high points um, were bombing down the hills. Oh, like, man. For me, nothing beats just 35, 40 miles an hour down gravel, uh, just locking up the back brake and skidding around a turn. <laughs> Did you have any... I had a near-death near death experience in Arkansas where I, I did exactly what you're talking yeah. about, except for I came in a little bit too hot on a corner and legitimately almost went flying off. Did yeah. you have any close calls? Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so proudly, uh, and and all my my friends uh, can pat me on the back later for this. I did not fall. Uh, I fall every ride. That's okay. just my thing. All right. Normalized falling. Uh, yeah, I saw your scars on your yeah. legs. So well, this I actually is... have some liquid bandaid on these because they. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, normalized falling. Okay. It's It's a thing that happens. We all do it. <laughs> uh, just try not to mess up your bike too much. Um, good. but yeah, there were a couple of times where, you know, you hit a straight and then you've got a, a good 40 that you've got to turn on right? and it is just loose gravel. Um, I had, I think two instances where I just had to lock up both of them and continue going straight until I hit kind of a little berm. Uh, and hopefully I didn't launch off because that's when you'd go a couple of hundred feet down to the river. Yeah. It gets, it gets steep and it's scary. And you're doing that at night some yes. of the time. Yeah. yeah. See, and I feel like at night and I learned this from ETS one for me, uh, going down Davy Crockett, like it is way more fun at night bombing those Hills. Cause you can't see, all you can see is your garment saying, yeah, there's a slight curve in the road. Can't see any potholes or when anything. You, so you're equating fun with adrenaline. Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. 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 That's not everybody's idea of fun. Probably not. No. But I I am in your camp. I'm the guy who's no brakes, tucked, let's go. Hopefully there's not a tree in the way yeah. or a pothole or whatever. Yeah. The the kids call it full send. Full send. That's right. Yeah. The kids do call it that. <laughs> We're both ex uh, uh, uh motorcyclists, so yeah. yeah, a little bit of that kamikaze in there. Uh, it's, it's so nice. And you just have to trust that you can jump off your bike and roll fast enough. Yeah. That's that's your only exit. And that helmet. You hope that helmet yes. works. <laughs> when you when you're wearing your helmet. Wear your helmet. Um Yeah. I yeah, aside from, from those two, uh, I had a really successful, as far as safety is concerned, ride. A couple of the uh, the road downhills were just insane. Uh, I was running a 44 tooth up front, which I would not advise. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at Andrew's bike. We've got the same Otso, different colors. Yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, what, uh, what chain ring are you running? I was like, oh, 44 in the front. I got Eagle in the back. And he goes, I'm running a 38 or maybe a 36. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm running a 28 over here if I'm going out there. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just ordered a, a 40 um, oval for a rule of three. Because I figure if I can do doom on a 44, maybe cut down a couple of teeth, rule of three shouldn't be as what bad. What bike are you going to run? The Old City? No. Oh, the Otto? Yeah, the Otto. The Otto. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a good bike. We'll run two two ones on there. So I, I'm getting uh, some Rutland 47s. 
So I've got okay. the I've got the Terravel um, Washburns the slick tops. Yeah. So the Rutlands have a little bit more traction on them. Yeah. Is that your next event? Um, I guess that's my next long event. Um, I've got a mountain bike race next weekend. Where? Uh, this one's in Dallas. Uh, part of Timbra or? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing the Timbra series this this go round. The is it the endurance series or the? No, XC? this one's the XC Spring series. Yeah. So you do a little bit of everything. Uh, I just got into mountain biking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in October, I did the marathon series for Timbra. Um, came in third in my group. Oh, nice. Uh, and then doing this, and I'm, I think I'm currently at like sixth place or something like oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll get, I, I'll get ninth. The, <laughs> I'll get <Pretty> ninth. <laughs> I, that's where I kind of, that was my segue into uh, like bike packing was I, I started with like Timber XC. Oh, yeah. Then I got into the marathon series. That's when I discovered I really liked just the endurance, just like going. And then I did like six hour and 12 hour and 24 hour, right? And then, I, and then I learned about bike packing. I was like, oh, wait, ride your bike for a long time and camp? Yes. Yeah. Like have beer in a campfire? Yeah. yeah. Cool. And yeah. Bourbon too. Something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I yeah. guess that's easier to carry on a bike. Yeah. yeah. It really, bourbon really should be like the, uh, the drink of bike packing. That makes know? sense. Yeah. All um, right. Maybe I'll bring some gin out on the next one. That's my, that's my liquor. A gin choice. guy, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been getting, I got into Mezcal whenever I went to Oaxaca because mm. uh, that is the birthplace. Uh, that's where they grow the agave plant to make uh, Mezcal. Um, so it is the home of Mezcal. And I had Mezcal for the first time at a roadside restaurant uh, in like in the middle of these mountains. Was that in the Pepsi bottle? It, it was basically, dude, it was yeah. <laughs> it was just a lady in a shack. I mean, there was one table, there was a little tiny counter and I don't know what she did, but somehow she made a huge meal out of like a tiny little room. Oh, that's great. That's where I have my first mezcal, but yeah, that's my other the other one that I go to now is that is that yeah. mezcal. See, yeah. I feel like that'd be a good bike packing beverage because at the end of the day, like I feel like it wouldn't give me as as bad of a hangover for the next day, like bourbon would. Yeah, so mezcal is actually supposed to. You can read articles about it, but um, there's a lot of people that say it doesn't give you hangovers because it's more pure, mm-hmm. um, like through the filtration process, there's not as many additives and all this stuff. Well, I don't think that's scientifically true. I think I've proven, uh, actually, I can <laughs> yeah. tell you that you can get a hangover, but I do think, I do think that there is a different difference than bourbon. I think you're more prone to get a hangover with bourbon than you are going to be with mezcal. I totally believe that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's pro tip for all yeah. you alcoholic bikepackers out Absolutely. there. Absolutely, <laughs> go go clear. Clear liquor is the way to be. Yeah, that's the way to be. So was Do- Doom is known to be hard. Andrew didn't yeah. name it Doom uh, as a joke. He doesn't mm-hmm. wear a scream mask as a well. It's kind of a joke, but I yeah. mean, with the bunny ears, yeah, <laughs> that was cute. Uh, that was really cute, Andrew. Uh, but he, you know, it's a, it's known to be a tough event. You knew it was going to be tough going into it. Yeah. Uh, was it harder or was it harder than you expected or is it about what you expected? It was way harder than I expected. <laughs> yeah. I, I go into these things with a pretty low expectation on anything. Yeah. Uh, so I just figure, hey, you know what? I've got enough. Uh, I, I packed enough food um, to do the whole event because I, I know it was Easter Sunday and, right. you know, places were closed. Um I figured I would pick up water along the way. Uh, I had a filtration system. 
um, which is really helpful. And I think it was mandatory. Andrew, you can correct me on that one. I think it is. That, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like a good idea to make it mandatory out there. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah. Um, so I fully expected to not stop a lot. Um, my total stop time was like 11 hours. So um, had enough food. And a total time of what? Total time of 59 hours and 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I finished Monday evening, like 6.15 or so. So that same distance as Showdown, uh, almost double the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tri- almost triple the elevation, double yeah. the time. Yeah. 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 A- it's a whole different game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, like the East Texas showdown, I mean, I know it doesn't prepare you for doom, but do you think it's like a good, uh, like a, a, what's the right word? Like a shakedown ride. Oh yeah. Like a training ride almost for getting, getting your legs and your mind and your body like wrapped around. Okay. Time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, my kind of training program, uh, going into this was, all right, I got mid South. I got to do the double, double. So, 50k run 100 mile bike ride train for that that's going to be your uh your shakeout for east texas yeah east texas is going to be your shakeout for doom doom is or was my shakeout for leadville did you do leadville it's coming up in august oh okay yeah okay okay so that's the that's the progression of events because like if i can do doom with the equipment that I had and the mentality that I had, I can probably do a hundred mile by bi- uh, mountain bike ride. I don't know what the elevation is, but 12,000 something. Is that Are you it? talking about like how high it is or how much, eleva- how, how long, how much elevation? Oh, I don't know how much. Yeah. Cause yeah. I know it starts at like 10 K or yeah, something. It's the highest mountain bike race in the world. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's really interesting. And it, it kind of happened a little bit intentional, uh, but a little bit kind of <laughs> big dumb trucks <laughs> do, do, do. Um, it is you know having that progression from mid-south to east texas to doom uh, you know I know a lot of people are going on to tour divide and yeah. you know other you know pinions and pines is coming up I mean there's just we're getting into bike pack racing season and it's just become a nice little like you know, Southern series where you it can is. like hop on and, and get, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's become like kind of a, a training plan almost. Yeah. 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 And ETS is, is a perfect, I think, you know, the first year I did it as a very beginner into cycling generally. And then, you know, first endurance thing, that was the perfect gateway. Uh, it was super challenging for me at the time. Um, really beautiful course. I mean, you know, uh, an, an, I do know. <laughs> you do know enough road to like to it. give you that uh like relieve some of the pressure uh of the gravel you know because like y- you spend 100 miles on gravel it's nice to have a little bit of road as a reprieve oh yeah um so yeah that's a a great training or even just first bike packing experience yeah that's that's something super cool um just as a race director to like see how many people use it as their first bike packing trip or their mm-hmm. first bike packing race. And then, I mean, look at you, look at Hannah, look at so many people, uh, Stephanie. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people who use this yeah. as a, as an opportunity. Yeah. Kyle's another great, uh, you know, who've 
just gone on and like kept going and doing other cool stuff and yeah it's fun to watch i really enjoyed it yeah no it's it's great seeing a lot of the doom people or a lot of the ets people at doom like uh you know cal stephanie and uh kyle and there are a few others i'm sure uh jacob uh on the single speed oh jacob laos yeah yeah uh he he destroyed me yeah yeah i think he's strong yeah i think he got like seventh or so six or seven he got uh second place overall last year oh yeah 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 and uh uh, first place single speed obviously yeah yeah he's a he's a strong rider rider yeah we got to ride a little bit together on day two which was cool um also a pro tip just came to my mind what's that um so easter sunday all the gas stations are closed yeah but most gas stations out there in arkansas have a soda machine out front so if you're like me and you want a hot meal and a Sprite, settle for a Sprite. <laughs> yeah, bring bring some uh, some coinage. So Jacob's like, hey, Eric, uh, we're riding together. He's like, hey, man, let's go down to, to Red Lake. Uh, there's a gas station down there, see if it's open. So we cruise downhill. We're going, you know, like a couple of miles out of the way. We get there, soda machine. Gas station closed, that's fine. I just want a Sprite. Get my $5 bill out, crisp it up against the machine, stick it in there comes right back out like uh, motherfucker try it like five times and jacob's like hey let me try and he sticks two dollars in there and it eats it right up and he gets his soda i'm like fuck so pro tip bring change or crisp dollars <laughs> or else you're gonna climb up that hill without a sprite in your belly <laughs> it's gonna suck it's so funny like you know how significant that was to you because that's like your pro tip yeah like that's how demoralizing it was that you didn't get your sprite and you were gonna have to go back uphill mm-hmm. without a fucking sprite your friend didn't buy you it or that's that's support yeah yeah well and i don't think but he, you couldn't you trade him <sighs> i don't think he had enough dollar bills uh, okay. but also yes yeah but would. i wonder like technically speaking here i'm curious could you trade him a dollar or that be support I, you know, I don't know. I don't think you can. Yeah, I'd have to pull Andrew in on this to see yeah. what. Uh... It's these weird <laughs> questions that have come up as like a race director. It's like, yeah, like what is the what, rule yeah, what, there? What level you know? of support? Um... But the cool thing that somebody told me, I actually, I think it was Andrew Onerma that told me this. Uh, he said, I'm almost sure it was Andrew, that the cool thing about bikepack racing is how, you know, every race is different. And we should, um, you know, embrace that even in the rules. And um, I was like, yeah, like East Texas Showdown doesn't need to copy what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. or what this race is doing. It's like, so I'm really trying to narrow down and focus and, and come up with like our own set of rules. And so as I do that, I start to ask these questions like, is that okay? Yeah. Is it okay if like, and I, I mean, I think in the strictest sense, I think we have to say probably not because that's not neutral support that's available to everybody on route. Yeah. So you can't do that. But then like then but then the fun thing as a race director, I get to say, but do I care? Like, what is this race? This race, you can trade dollar bills. I don't know. That's a silly example. No, no, no. I mean, like if if Jacob had five one dollar bills on him, could I have traded in my five for five ones? Right. Right. And been okay. Yeah. I would have been happy. <laughs> you would have done it and been DQ'd and be happy. Yeah, just fine. I'm finishing still, but that's yeah. all that matters. I yeah. mean, yeah, for for a lot of people is is finishing. Yeah, you know, 
that was that was definitely the theme for Doom for me was uh, with with not having the resources like you have huge difference between ETS and Doom, uh, the resupply points, uh, especially being Easter weekend. Uh, I had my first resupply at mile ninety one, where I got I would, had plenty of food right, so I got three bottles of water and uh, like a Pedialyte or something, just all liquids, filled up all my stuff. My next true resupply was at mile 350 oh god yeah uh 280 (laughs) (laughs) miles 260 miles that's what that is there was a there was a point and i'll tell you what mile that was at in paradise uh i've got it on here so paradise arkansas paradise arkansas where i called the pizza place um it was like 11 o'clock called him on the way up there lady answers i was like hey are y'all open she was like, no, we're not open. I was like, fuck. I was like, all right, that's fine. At least it's uh, you know, a good spot. I can find a, a hose and fill up my water or do whatever I need to. And I get there, and Jacob and this guy named Joe are there. We'd been cruising earlier in the day, but they were much faster than I am. And uh, they were sitting on the porch of the pizza place, and they had two slices of pizza that the lady had left for us and a Coke. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was probably mile two-something. I don't know. Um, the only, the only problem with that, it was, don't get me wrong, it was great. Um, it was a pepperoni pizza. So I had to pluck off a lot of those pepperonis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I ate some pepperoni that, uh, that night, but I didn't, I didn't care. You tried. Yeah. You tried. I ate those two slices. I know, I know paradise pizza. I've been there before. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Right on the porch there. And there was a dog that welcomed us. (laughs) I don't know if you met that dog when you were there. I don't remember the Um, dog. But, uh, yeah, I guess about 1 o'clock in the morning I um, is about when I got there. And I slept on the porch in the chair for about 30 minutes. They had already taken off. And uh, I just I was so cold again, I, I just wasn't ready to go. Yeah. So I ended up um, getting one of my emergency blankets. I cut it in half and stuffed uh, the blankets up my, uh, my bibs to keep my thighs warm. Okay. I cut okay. the the lid of the pizza box off and stuffed it in my jersey <laughs> as sort of a shield. Yeah. Um, and then my shoes, I stuffed all of my empty wrappers because I kept all my trash in my shoes. That's a pro tip. Yeah. Uh, from Dave Fields, Super Dave. Um, put those. Put my shoes on. Put my uh, seal skin like booty covers on, um, and then put my wet socks on top of those. Uh, ruined a nice pair of wool socks doing that, but did not care and then i rode um for a few more hours on that now those are pro tips yeah yeah that's true <laughs> using pizza box as a shield it using, helped yeah stuffing the emergency blanket into your lycra yeah like that's good stuff that's the kind of stuff that people need to know about if they want to be a bike packer like that's the kind of resourcefulness you need to be open to or be willing to do to survive when you're underprepared or things go wrong or yeah. whatever. Like, shit gets weird, you it know? It does, yeah. Yeah. I was cruising down the road with shiny stuff streaming <laughs> down my legs. I did not care. My thighs were warm. Yeah. And my yeah. chest, although it, it felt very blocky, you know, I could barely, like, lean over onto my bars. It was, it kept the wind from coming oh, through. Oh, man. Do you have a picture of that? 
Uh, no, but I I did. T- I might have a picture of that. It'd be yeah. so great if Kai Caddy got you like that, that got an great. image of you rolling down the God. street like that. That would have been epic. I I did take a video uh, of myself that morning because I was in such a like a delirious state. Uh, I got to a church that I was going to nap at, and uh, I was like, Eric, I've got this on video. Just so you you remember for later, top to bottom, this is what you have on right now. (laughs) (laughs) It was, yeah. I want to see that. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, all right. It's late. Cool. You got to go home. Yeah. Got to feed the cats. Yeah, they they got an automatic feeder. God, wait, your cats, they got the life. My they cats do. are waiting for me right now. My cats <laughs> are like, where the fuck is that guy? Yeah. yeah. Cats are, they're going to be like rubbing off uh, on my leg and everything. And oh, yeah. My cats are probably hunting right me. now. Yeah, killing birds. Yeah, killing, killing those. Mm-hmm. Birds aren't real. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. It's Anytime. been a pleasure to chat with you. And like I said, I mean, really, I just felt like you needed an opportunity to clear your name and appreciate that. Get a yep. chance to tell your side of the story. Yeah. I don't I don't like to, you know, people get called out on the podcast and then like they don't get a chance. to. No. You know, yeah, that's 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 very, the easiest way to get on the podcast is just have someone call you very out. Equitable of you. <laughs> do I need to call somebody out now? Um, yeah. Who do you want to call out? Man. Who's your call out? I don't know. You know, from from doom. Um, ooh, maybe maybe Kyle. Kyle, you made it a really long distance, and you had a buffet, uh, but you still didn't make it to the end. Ooh. The other person I might call out is Cal, Calvin, our Edo friend here, yeah. um, who did it the true bikepacking style. And I'd be curious to see if he like you know put some race efforts how he'd do. Ah. Uh. Uh. You're saying Calvin has potential he's not even tapping into. Yeah, and he was running what 2.6s? Oh so, wow. Yeah, he was he was Beefy. running a yeah. I bet he didn't mind it though oh, on yeah. a lot of the ride. No, a lot of it was like mountain bikey stuff. Yeah. 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 Andrew put on Instagram I think today it's been decided this is a mountain bike course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, full squish would have been all right. Uh hardtail with uh like I don't know. Maybe 120 would have been fine. Yeah, maybe maybe next year. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, thanks. thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for dinner. Anytime. As long as you're buying the next one. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And thank you so much to Eric for being such a great guest and also for being a great member of this community. And uh, I also should give Eric a, a shout out because... Um, I picked up a, a 1995 specialized hard rock sport and I bought it off a guy in Dallas. And so when Eric was driving back from Arkansas um, to Texas, he was going through Dallas and he picked up that new bike for me. So um, thank you, Eric. Appreciate your help. Uh, you get kudos for that one. Um, so, uh, Yeah, in other news, uh, I do apologize for the latency with uh, podcast episodes lately. I have uh, one recorded that was supposed to come out last week, but uh, more technical difficulties. I had uh, some major hard drive issues on my computer, 
and lost a lot of files. And that episode was one of the files. Uh, but after like a week of working on it, I have finally and thankfully recovered that file. Um, so that episode is coming out. Uh, that episode is with a physical therapist, and we're going to be talking about basically how to have a healthy body, have a foundation of fitness so that you can uh, prevent injury. Um, but we also talk about what to do if you have injuries, some stretches you can do, some strength training exercises. And that episode is also a video episode. So we do go through some examples that um, you can see visually. So anyway, I do apologize for the little hiatus, but we are back and rolling. I'm actually headed out this evening to head up to Caprock Canyon State Park. Um, and I'm meeting Lindsay Shepard there, who, if you don't know about her, she's done a lot of really cool things lately, and I'll kind of leave that for her episode. But uh, in recent news, she just became the first person to yo-yo the Doom Loop, and uh, bonus points because she did it on a single speed. So uh, anyway, that's what we have coming down the pipe. Uh, I do apologize for the delay, but we'll be back in a groove and in your podcasting feed very soon, I promise. All right, everybody. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've missed being behind the microphone, and I'm so happy to get this episode out to you fine folks. Until next week, you know what to do. Go ride your damn bike. It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake. The sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike. Memories forgotten from the previous night. You rode faster than ever before. Was it your imagination or merely folklore? Fear turned into strength as you pushed further. Every pedal stroke stronger and firmer. Your bike feels weightless. Your legs aren't tired. You think to yourself, just a few more miles. Bikes for death. Bikes for death. Yes.